Chiefs fans, this is the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Presented by CBD American Shaman. Life is better with the feather. It wasn't pretty. You could argue it wasn't even fun. It certainly wasn't what I was expecting on a variety of levels. But at the end, one thing, nay, one person, was what we expected. One player, one quarterback, was, in fact, inevitable. Didn't always feel that way, and by the end of it all, I could definitely forgive you for losing faith. But when it was down to number 15 and maybe nobody else, Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes. He's pretty good. It turns out, friends, it turns out that Patrick Mahomes is pretty good at this. An exhausting 20-17 victory for the Kansas City Chiefs over the Tennessee Titans. We're going to be with you pretty late tonight. Uh, I don't know how late, but until we've said everything we need to say right here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show, I am Joshua Briscoe. That other voice you heard is Beards McFly on the other side of the glass. Dylan Michaels producing around the building as well. There are pros and cons and ups and downs, and we can we can spend our time deciding where we want to, you know, tinker around the, oh God, that can't be sustainable, and where we want to go to, oh, Patrick Mahomes is uh, an alien playing quarterback, and again, you can find your your ups and downs, your Kadarius Tony and your uh, defense as a whole notes, or at least in the second half for that defense, strong performances that you might want to latch on to. Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey, even with a couple of drops, plenty of things you could zoom in on and be very excited about. Plenty of things you could be worried about as well. Hey, uh, is that just the Malik Willis effect? Um, how on earth did the Titans net like a total yard in the end of their uh, of their final gasps for air? Is the Chiefs' offensive line going to get any better? Did the Titans do anything tonight that the Chiefs should be aware of going forward that could be exploited against them in the future? But it would just be... For here, where we sit today in Kansas City, it would be kind of silly to ignore the fact that no game is over when your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. And as a good friend once said, your your team is quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes. That mantra should never fully leave your head going through a Chiefs game. But I understand why it is something that can be forgotten. Because for a stretch of this game, Patrick Mahomes was not single-handedly keeping the Chiefs alive. He wasn't hurting them, but he wasn't turning this offense into something that we're more used to seeing. I mean, when they were struggling earlier as a unit, they were struggling. And Mahomes is a part of that. Mahomes had a couple of misses. He wasn't perfect. 
He was better once they started moving the pocket a little more, and every it felt like I, I don't think this was actually true, but it felt like just about every passing play in the second half, or at least in the fourth quarter in overtime, involved Patrick Mahomes sprinting or at least drifting one way or the other. But when it came down to they're either going to lose this game or get a miracle from somewhere. Patrick Mahomes returned to form as the miracle maker. I don't know how much football you could watch before you ever got tired of seeing that. That's what struck me today. Here's a little, like, I I, I might be wrong. Sometimes I kind of have a preconception as to how people are going to feel about a game, and as the calls start coming in and, the, and we get going, I, I realize that I've, I've miscalibrated my expectations. So I'm, I'm leaving open the, op- the, the, the possibility that that happens here tonight. But I think it's going to be pretty easy to dwell on the negatives. And maybe I'm wrong because the Chiefs won. It was in overtime. It was at home. Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes things. If you're excited, let's stay excited. That sounds great to me. But if you're leaning towards one of the totally valid numerous negatives, here's some really wild context that you might not have noticed if you didn't spend your Sunday on the couch from noon to 7. If you waited for the Chiefs to come on. Maybe you went and grabbed some snacks during the halftime show. The Bills lost to the Jets today. The Jets are okay. They're 6-3. and three. The Chiefs and Jets have the same number of wins. The Jets have played one more game, obviously. But the Jets beat the Bills today. Josh Allen had a couple of horrible throws, did some, like, rookie season Josh Allen stuff. It was weird. After the game, he said, it's hard to win when your quarterback plays like bleep. And he was right. Now, the short version of that is, hey, winning in the NFL is difficult to do, and uh, not even the Bills can do it perfectly, even as the Bills look like sort of a killing machine (laughs) on both sides of the wall. But that's not really the main point. We talk, we talk about, hey, it's hard to win football games all the time. If the Chiefs would have lost this game, I, I, would have, I would have had some really, really, really bad vibes to take you into this next week of football. Off a of bye, they looked, out, they looked outcoached, underprepared. The, the Titans were playing a backup quarterback who they, they were watching throw the football with their hands over their eyes, watching through the gaps in their fingers. Like, this was not an evenly matched game, at least from a quarterbacking perspective, and it took every bit of overtime for the Chiefs to win it. Okay, so if, if the result is a tiny bit different, this whole show feels different. Acknowledging that on the front end. But the reason I, I go back to the Bills before we even get fully into the Chiefs tonight is because the Chiefs are now tied minus the tiebreaker with the Buffalo Bills. They are both 6-2, and two, and yes, the Chiefs lost the head-to-head, so they would need a little more help if they want to get that number one seed back in the AFC. But this imperfect, flawed, strange, inconsistent team that you watch play tonight is 6-2 and two with the Bills at the top of the AFC, and the Bills now suddenly have a noon game against the Vikings next week, have their division and three consecutive divisional games in December, where that AFC East looks like it is ready for a fight. Frankly, maybe more so than the AFC West. 
The Chargers are figuring it out a little bit. We'll see about the Broncos and Raiders. But the point of going into the standings tonight isn't to say, hey, don't don't believe what you saw this evening. That was at times thrilling and at times terrifying, but altogether, wall-to-wall Chiefs football, no question. But the, the Chiefs are back with the absolute class of the conference. They never left that, but they are literally in the standings now, right below a team with the same exact record. Because this sort of thing happens... And they have continued to weather some of those storms. I think as a as a fan, watching your team is probably the most fun when they're dominant and and brutally effective. And it's a no-doubter. But you get to see the best things they do on full display. If the Chiefs would have won this game 42-10 to 10 tonight, and it was just an offensive fireworks show and they thudded Derrick Henry and they had a defensive score. I think that probably would have sent everybody into a nice energy on a Monday. This one you just clench all your muscles and try to wait for a chance to exhale. Those dominant wins are a blast. But sometimes you win by a very fine margin. Sometimes that margin is having the quarterback that does that thing in the fourth quarter. And the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. So tonight, in the macro, things were okay. You're listening to Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City, the 810 postgame show. It's brought to you by CBD American Shaman, free CBD samples every day. Tonight we will hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, and Nick Bolton. Also Matt Derrick, live from Arrowhead. But first, your phone calls. We'll work through those here quickly if we can, everybody. I'll try to get to you early on. You try to make them nice and high and tight. We'll get through this late night show at a nice brisk pace. Appreciate everyone calling in at 913-3810-810. And we open up with Travis. Travis, Travis, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHP. What's up, Travis? Hey, Briscoe. So I'm going to go a different way. Uh, as far as, like, I'm not going to be real negative. I mean, we kind of knew that this had a chance. I think Petro's the only one that thought this was going to be a blowout. I think the rest of us kind of thought that this was going to be one of those cheat clinchers where we were going to have to, it was going to come down to the, towards the end. I, I never thought that we were going to blow them out. I, I don't think they're as terrible as some people think. I mean, they're 5-2. and two. They were the two seed. You are what your record says you are. So, um, you know, quality team. But I just want everybody – I mean, I've been a Chiefs fan for a long time. I remember the Steve DeBerg days. I remember hmm. the Elvis Gerback days. What our quarterback did tonight, yep. just enjoy it, man. Yep. Like, yep. The, the offense the offense struggled. Dude, we know the offense is elite. They're going to have games like this. I mean, the defense played really, really good. I mean – uh, I, I don't. Other than the two big runs, I don't really have an issue with the defense. I have an issue a little bit though with the play calling. I don't think tonight was Andy Reid's best night. Mm-hmm. And, I agree. And, and we seem to be saying that a lot more than usual this mm-hmm. year. I think this is the third or or so time where I you know I have felt like maybe maybe Big Red kind of outthought himself. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then just real quick, I'm not saying that we need a new kicker, but we got to figure out this kicking thing. I mean, this shouldn't even have been a thing if Bucker just does his job. Yeah, so, a great point. Um, 
All right, you guys have a great night. Appreciate you, Travis. Uh, one by one here. First of all, a good point to say, hey, look, the Titans are a good football team. I will say on the pregame show, once we knew that Malik Willis was starting, my blowout radar was turned way up, but I also said I didn't want to touch that 14-point uh, spread because it felt like too many points to me. Um, I, I did think that this would not go this way once Willis got out there for reasons we saw, but this is a good football team. It's just at positions with a lot of guys that don't get a lot of airtime because it's not A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill. It's why Derrick Henry's become the avatar for that entire team. Um, the idea of, of, hey, have we said this isn't Andy Reid's best night a few times this year? That's a really interesting question. And I, I think just an instant hypothesis is that maybe we're saying that more this year because Andy Reid himself is still kind of figuring out the best version of this offense. He doesn't have Tyree Kill. I don't know if anyone's ever mentioned that. Um, but, but obviously, it is a different group of pass catchers, and that does change how you are navigating it all. So I don't know. That That's something to keep an eye on. Um, the preparedness and all of that out of the gate feels like a, a bigger concern kind of along those lines. And then, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Harrison Butker is still fighting through it. I'm guessing at the end of this season we're going to find out that, you know, he, he actually had some soreness until week 15 or something. But uh, something has to change there because he, he can't keep missing the chip shots. The, the, the long game winners and all of that are incredible. But like you just said, Travis – this this doesn't go to overtime and doesn't even need that two-point conversion that took three tries if Butker hits kicks he's supposed to hit. Not and not any kicker, but it, if Butker makes the kicks that anyone is supposed to hit reasonably. You could be mad at Matt Amendola for missing the two kicks that, that Butker missed tonight. Interesting uh, addition to a very hectic evening. Next up, we got Kyle. Kyle, you're on 810. What's up? Hi. Thank you for taking my call, Josh. Uh, not great, great show, as always. Thank you. Um... Uh, three points I want to make real quick. First point, the defense. Phenomenal job. I have to give credit to the defense tonight. They Definitely. played um, The run defense played a lot better in the second half. Second point is Patrick Mahomes uh, struggled in the pocket in the first half, I noticed. And then the second half, uh, uh, Chris Collinsworth made a great point, is that he got uh, they started rolling him out more. Yep. And he started completing passes more outside the pocket than he was inside the pocket because the Tennessee Titans were all over him. And then my third point is is that, and this goes to where I mentioned Patrick Mahomes struggling in the pocket, is the offensive line. I'm concerned about this offensive line, Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown. Mm -hmm. But other than that, uh, Mahomes, great job on the adjustments uh, with with Andy Reid, the enemy and Andy Reid making those adjustments for Mahomes getting outside the pocket. So yeah. I was off of the air. Thank you for taking my call, Josh. Kyle, I appreciate it. Um, I, I am glad that you brought that up in a little more detail because I was absolutely um, following up on that with the, the point that Collinsworth made because that's absolutely true. In that first half when the offense really was sort of stagnant, sort of sort of stuffed up, Mahomes was living in the pocket, which is an okay place for him to be most of the time, but that pocket wasn't really standing for him. Even a couple of times where it looks like Brown or Wiley really lost, well, if Mahomes has any room to step up behind where Trey Smith was at, all of a sudden, it's not that big of a deal. You flush out the edge rushers, and Mahomes can step up and make something happen. Uh, but even later in the games, he was starting to step up into bigger gaps and then scramble with it. That is, again, that more on the move in that second half. Absolutely, they are moving the pocket more. He was floating out. He was sprinting out. You're seeing all sorts of different quarterback motion with the ball in his hands. 
to try to move the point of attack for the Titans. It's something that worked really, really well against the 49ers that they just didn't seem to bring to the table very much in that first half tonight at all. Moves a little more, and all of a sudden, Mahomes is uh, is back to cooking. Next up, we got George. George, you're on 810. What's up, George? Uh, how's that for a comment? Deep breathing. Deep breathing tonight. <laughs> do we re- As I was telling Beers, do we really even want to talk about the game today? We are We are just trying to, we're trying to get everybody a nice little post-game show and a reasonable bedtime. Uh, yeah, thank you. I'll give you. I'll give you my one brownie point to score with your with your better half. Okay, always good for me. Yeah. Well, hey, congratulations. Sooner or later. Yes. You're, so far, your advice has not led me astray. Uh, polish the silverware during the game for Thanksgiving. Okay. Very good. I'll tell you what. If if uh, fiance Renee ever if I ever catch her polishing silverware, I will assume she has suffered some sort of some sort of traumatic. I don't know something. Something horrible has gone oh, wrong. No. It, 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 that way, you can't be told to do anything else. <laughs> That's, oh, honey, I'm doing this for the game. I'm polishing the silver. You know what? Okay, fair enough. I'm polishing the silverware. She won't even know what to do with that. Cause no one in our house, either of us, have ever even uh, considered. I don't think polishing the silverware. So. Along those lines, actually, thinking of things that you should do when you should be doing them. Uh-huh. Um, we are in the year of parody. Yes. And unfortunately, parody means average. Yep. It means some games are a little more above, and some games, sadly, like this one, are substandard to the expectations that we have been growing accustomed to. And I believe... As all the other fine folks have said, uh, it's it's down to the coaching. We cannot live with decisions made this poorly this late in the season. Mm. Uh, you know, calls. Uh, you know, where where is the accountability for the penalties? You know, yeah. I don't hear that at the press conferences at the end of the at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yes, they they own up to it. Yeah. They're going to look into it. Yeah, they have to be training better. But the penalties still are draw, are drawing away from good, solid drives. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes runs on rhythm. Mm-hmm. And every penalty slows his rhythm down, breaks his concentration, breaks his focus. Uh, so, many, so many shots from the sidelines were him just gnawing at that face guard. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it wears on me. Mm-hmm. As a fan, watching it because you feel that you feel that tension from the player, you know, because they're focusing on him, and it's just not healthy for the team. It's not healthy for the fans, and I I ultimately put the onus on the coaches. Yeah, it's an interesting, George. I appreciate you as always, my friend. Um, it, it's an interesting one because you're right. It, it's I find it very hard to figure out where to put the blame on that. Because sometimes penalties are an execution individual player issue, and sometimes you could say, hey, is there like a discipline thing? You know, I don't, mental errors and stuff like that. It, it is a, that is, that is one thing to me that I was even thinking about this during the game itself that I very much wish I had a better frame of reference for that I'm going to try to create a better answer for as the, not just the weeks, but like as the years go on, I need coaches to explain to me and players to explain to me where penalties come from and how you fix them. Uh, but back in that first half, that Noah Gray hold at the eight yard line, Andrew Wiley's hold on third and 10, that was a conversion. 
those those killed drives that were otherwise looking pretty promising by that point, if those penalties aren't there, and that Wiley one was ticky-tack, I don't remember the Noah Gray one, if I'm being honest. I haven't seen a replay, so I can't remember if it was a good call or a bad call. But those penalties ended up being the things that really submarined the Chiefs in a couple of ways, and ultimately that leaves you with an offense that you, you don't have that penalty. Instead, you convert third and ten, maybe you go score, and the whole game feels different. Penalties are huge, and I don't need to tell anybody listening to this show that, I'm sure, but um, certainly impacted the Chiefs in a big way tonight. We need to squeeze in a commercial break here. Uh, We'll be with you for a good chunk of the evening. If you're on hold now, we'll get to you soon, and we'll come back and hear from Chris Jones and Nick Bolton shortly here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. It's brought to you by CBD American Shaman. When Kansas City scores, you score big at your local CBD American Shaman. Our team's score is your percent off. They scored 20 points tonight, so you get 20% off all day tomorrow on orders of $100 or more. That's at CBD American Shaman, because life is better with a feather. Mahomes waits, takes the snap, back to pass, looking left, steps up in the pocket, moving to his right, room to run across the 10. Mahomes to the 5, breaks a tackle, into the end zone! Touchdown, Kansas City! Patrick Mahomes with a 14-yard touchdown run, and the Chiefs have life! Down by just two with 2.56 to go. Even before the three different attempts at a two-point conversion, after that play, Arrowhead was electric. That makes it good for our Bickmer Electric, electric play of the game. Bickmer Electric, from small jobs to big jobs, the Bickmer team knows exactly how to take care of your commercial and residential electric needs. That's Bickmer Electric. Mahomes was electric, stupendous. Dynamic, dynamite, explosive, firecracker, fireworks. Pick all your superlatives. Uh, Late in the game in particular, Patrick Mahomes was worthy of all of them, even as this was certainly not a uh, relaxing game for Kansas City Chiefs fans. Uh, It was still a victory. The Chiefs now stand at 6-2, tied with the Bills for the best record in the AFC. Obviously, the Bills have the tiebreaker, but there's a lot of football left, and the Chiefs got even again today as the Bills fell to the Titans, excuse me, to the Jets, and the Chiefs just barely vanquished the Titans. Uh, We'll bring you Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, Nick Bolton, uh, perhaps some audio from the locker room. we got all sorts of options here. Um... But, Beards, I'm saying, based off some evidence that I just saw in front of me, we need to stay in a holding pattern for just one second um, as we uh, see where uh, the podium is going to take us, and then we will see. Uh, it sounds like Nick Bolton will actually be the next man up, so we will uh, we'll, we'll stall here for just a second and then, uh, and then bring you Nick Bolton in the middle of this defense, which, uh, as we talked about the defense leading into this game, I really did think they would show up and, and have a good effort uh, with the matchup with Malik Willis. And overall, just with um, a defensive unit that I was largely believing in, I was second-guessing myself a little bit at halftime. The Titans scored 14 points in that second quarter and 17 unanswered. Right around that range, I was not feeling very good, but this is sort of how the running game goes. Derrick Henry breaks through a couple big carries, and you start to get nervous. And then from that point, really before that point and after that point, the Chiefs didn't do a whole lot of um, big play allowing to Derrick Henry. They thumped it up pretty good in the middle with Nick Bolton at the center of it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was kind of a pivotal third down. They were kind of on the fringe area, uh, kicking a field goal. Um, and so it was kind of good to get a neg negative play, kind of talk them out of kicking a field goal right there, forcing a punt, and um, kind of give his offense a chance. And so uh, the, the crowd was great. Uh, it, was, it was up and down all game, and um, th those guys stayed in. They stayed late, uh, and they cheered us on. So I was proud of them for that. Uh, but, again, it was just a, a play I saw on tape. Uh, we kind of talked about it through the week, and coaches did a great job uh, giving us keys and stuff throughout the week, and I was able to make that play. Oh, yeah, we just kind of knocking the rust off off the bye week. Uh, we kind of started off a little sloppy tackling-wise, uh, a couple bad fits here and there, and um, kind of led to explosive runs. So I was able to settle down, kind of kind of get back in the zone of playing Chiefs defense and not stopping the run, and um, we were able to have a way better second half. Nick, what does a win like this say about this Chiefs team? Like, a win that maybe doesn't look super pretty, but you guys are able to grind it out. What does that say about who you guys are? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's hard to win in this league, and so uh, you get a chance to win. Uh, our defense, uh, we kind of – Pride ourselves at the beginning of the season how we didn't finish games last year. Um, so it was great to have a, a, our defense come out there and um, actually in the game for us. Um, we kind of executed down the stretch. I, they have a first down on like the last 40 minutes, I think. Um, so just us to be able to get them stops, so stop them on first down, force them into uh, some second, second and longs, let our pass rush and let our corners go to work. And um, again, uh, it was a great team win, a great, team, a great job of our defense coming out and executing the game plan, second half, and tackling. Oh, yeah, man, uh, we kind of get spoiled watching greatness every week. Uh, he does it every single week, and then we kind of get spoiled by it. You know, then he does it again. You kind of get more amazed by it. But, again, that's a testament for what he does throughout the week. I man, he works harder than anybody I know. Uh, and game, uh, game in and game out, he brings it. So uh, I was proud of him. I'm proud of the team win. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, we kind of knew coming to the game that we got to play their defense. Uh, they're proud of themselves from running the ball and having play, uh, playing great defense, keeping everything in front. Um, so we knew we had to play their defense uh, down the game, uh, throughout the game. And so the uh, first half, uh, we didn't do that. Uh, second half, we were able to come out and execute and uh, play better than their defense, and that helped us win. Uh, yeah, we kind of thought we had Tannehill at first, then we kind of moved to uh, Malik Willis. Uh, kind of run the same things on offense, uh, other than they, uh, get more involved in the running game. Uh, use his legs a little bit more, some nakeds uh, out to the left side, uh, rather than just running boots to the right. So there's just subtle nuances, but most of the time uh, it's pretty much the same. And so uh, we kind of just painted the game plan we had for Tannehill and just had a couple uh, wrinkles here and there uh, for Malik. Yeah, uh, we kind of got the notion that we probably wasn't going to play. I think Tannehill was out on the Thursday's practice. Yeah, so he was out on Thursday, so we kind of got the notion he probably wasn't going to play. Um, and so we kind of just started transitioning more to uh, Malik after that, and um, kind of just worked on both uh, yesterday. All right. Thank you. Here's Nick Bolton live from Arrowhead. Uh, we will uh, either hear Chris Jones next or get back to the phone lines um, before we uh, – before we get back on, did we lose? Did we lose Jabba? Looks like we lost Jabba over on the phone. So you're up next, Jabba. I apologize. Uh, sometimes the uh, the press conferences make our timing decisions for us. You know, I'm really, especially in the first uh, the first hour of this show, I'm I'm really just an air traffic controller.
And Beards is just throwing paper planes at me. It's not a very good system we have. It's uh, it's difficult. But uh, interesting there from Nick Bolton, the the end, uh, looking at how they were preparing for Bolton, or excuse me, how they were preparing for Tannehill and Malik Willis, leaning Tannehill for a while. Then Thursday comes around, Tannehill doesn't practice. They prepared for both of them. Did you say yesterday, I think? Um, that's That's pretty interesting. Uh, being a little bit rusty early on when they were allowing some of those explosive runs. They certainly shored up after that. And then, of course, when the Titans felt like they had to throw it, I, once they got to third and eight, the, it felt like they might as well have just brought their punter out and saved themselves the trouble. I mean, that's I, I don't, my, Malik Willis might work out. I kind of liked him in the pre-draft process. I kind of like him as a prospect. Uh, but that's just not something he's equipped to do right now, which seems pretty evident. Uh, and then talking about how uh, with Patrick Mahomes, you're watching greatness every week. And I think that that's, uh, I think that's about right. Shall probably, shall probably keep that in mind. Uh, do we know who else we might hear from Beards? I know this is kind of producing on the air, but we, uh, Chris Jones expected the podium, and then and then our uh, our very own Todd Lebo had some locker room uh, additions as well. I just haven't had a chance to check the email, to be honest. Uh, we will also hear from McCole Hardman, Justin Reed, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Hardman, Juju, and Justin Reed. Maybe more? I don't know. I don't have any other oh, emails from this guy yet. talk? I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying, we might get more emails from Lebo. We might not. I don't know yet. Yeah, but did, did this guy talk? You said we might get more. I hate you. I know. Just wanted to get some audio evidence of you saying it out loud. Because, frankly, you earned it. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and, uh, as I said, uh, Chris Jones as well. I wish I knew for sure when those folks were going to be at the podium, so I could decide if we we're going to hear from uh, from Butch up next and the rest of the uh, the rest of the callers in line. But we don't know quite. Well, Beards, you've got a couple of different ways of triangulating all that, right? We probably have time for Butch, right? Based off what you know, I think I think we do. If I'm thinking in three dimensions, which means Butch, it is your time right now, my friend. What's up? Man, what's up? Yeah, I was about to ask you the same thing. How about those Chiefs, man? How about them, Butch? Look, all right, yeah. I'll keep it quick. They have a they have a uh, it's a mentality in Tennessee, guys. That has nothing to do with uh, you know the personnel that we may have seen or that I, I ripped on on Twitter when I said that the Chiefs were you know probably going to blow them out and <laughs> oh Vegas got it figured out. It's a mentality, and they say to themselves over in Tennessee, "We're not going to pussyfoot foot the run around us in between the tackles mm-hmm. and think that you think you're going to get away with it. Uh uh-uh. uh, you're going to have to play your one dimensional script." And when we do, we got you. We're going to be all over spot. We're going to be all over drive. We're going to be all over dagger. We're going to be all over Hank. We're going to be all over that play-action slide stuff that you do, that inside fullback belly that you run. We got all of it. And they did. But to the Chiefs' advantage, I think, in this game, thank goodness they were playing it in Arrowhead. Um, They had a few plays that really should have broken open that didn't, even though it was weird that you had some special teams gaps. But on defense, early in first and second down, early ones, they cover up, they go bare front. They cover up the center and guards. Get you a little better against the run. And the second thing, I'll leave it a couple couple more, and then I'll get the heck out of here. It's over for the 2018 draft class. I'm sorry. This is it, Derek Naughty. I love you to death, man. Mm. But they, they, they benched my guy for a reason. They got Colin Saunders in there. That's a good thing. I think he played well. This is the reason why you go and get Joe Cullen for a game like this. 
Chiefs fans, enjoy the win. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, not every game's going to be, you know, you're not going to be riding around on a, on a float sipping a Mai Tai every football game. <laughs> exactly. So enjoy this win. And my goodness, you better, for the playoffs, it may not be, you don't have to worry about the Buffalo Bills yet. It may have to be these guys. Yeah, that's true. They might. They certainly very well could see them again. Butch, appreciate it as always. Uh, yeah, they, we definitely should not fast forward to Buffalo. That is a very good point, Butch. There'll be somebody between the Chiefs and uh, in the Bills, whoever that might be. Also, I'll tell you what, it could be the Dolphins. It could be the Jets, which would sound okay. And we're a long ways away from the uh, from the beginning. Of the playoffs. A lot of ground to cover before all that. All right, we got the green light to get through a few more calls here. So next up, we'll get to Dan. Dan, you appreciate you waiting on hold. You're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Dan? Hey, Josh, how you doing? Boy, it, was, it wasn't pretty, but the Chiefs got it done. How about you know, Patrick Mahomes? They, they want those legs on third down, getting the big first down, then the yeah, getting a tying touchdown, and then the two-pointer. And the Chiefs they really played great on defense. Uh, remember, it was 17-9. The Titans had the ball at midfield, and the Chiefs yeah. made that big stop, and then the, then the fake, fake punt. And uh, it's not going to be pretty, but Josh, well, it, it is what it is, you know. And uh, how about those bills going down? What, what he talks uh, about Josh Allen. He looked like he had his uh, hand, you know, uh, sore up on him. So it was a great game, and I'll be going to Power Light District next week to watch the game against the Jaguars. So what do you think about the AFC East, Joshua? Do you think it's going to be uh, uh, it's going to be anybody's division right now? Who knows what Josh Allen? Take care. Appreciate it, Dan. As always, enjoy PNL next week. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, by the way, the the AFC East, once again, absolutely, if it's not open for, for business, if it's not up for grabs, which might be a little bit too much for me to give them right now, the Bills are absolutely at least going to have to struggle through it. Uh, nobody in that AFC East is going to get just pushed over by Buffalo, and frankly, the team most likely to do that right now is New England. Which is wild, but I, I really, I think the Dolphins are pretty good, um, or at least pretty dangerous, with their ceiling being as high as it is. And I think the the Jets, I'm confused by, but they keep winning football games, and so presumably there's something there that I don't uh, fully understand. We'll uh, we'll keep an eye on the AFC East, but I'm with you that that that, uh, that division is going to cause some trouble for the Bills, which is obviously a great thing for the Chiefs. Uh, next up, we have Nate. Nate, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Nate? Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Let's go, Chiefs! Yes, yeah. sir. Man, my head is spinning right now from the booze. Like Malik Willis's head was spinning in the second half, baby. Let's go, Chiefs! Go defense! I love that call. That was great. I, I I didn't mean to. I left him on hold for like 15 minutes there. And he's got some good energy, brought it, love it, rack him, he's out. Means we got time for Q's up next. Q, what's up? Hey, Josh, can I ask you a question? Sure. Who scored the last Chiefs touchdown? Uh, how, how, how did the Chiefs score the last touchdown? Was Patrick Mahomes throwing or running? He was running. He was on the ground. Okay. How did they score that last two-point conversion? Um, they did it three times. Ended up to uh, Mahomes on the scramble inside the pylon. But he was running. That's right. right. That is correct. Okay. So, I think that might they. I think that might indicate that these receivers may have hard time getting off of man-to-man coverage. Yeah. If their name isn't Travis Kelsey or Juju Smith-Schuster, but I'm looking at a guy that that 
I heard a report today that he's going to be uh, all good to go by Friday. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, I, I sure do. The the other OBJs yeah. I've had to start calling him. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. And guess what? Guess what? I think we won't have to worry about that OBJ if that OBJ is <laughs> on this team. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. We can get little quick passes out, and if he can beat man-to-man coverage, because Sky Moore played a little bit more, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. I We got we got hit Nick Jacobs up for those stats, but. I think, I think he wants somebody that is going to get off man coverage like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Absolutely, man. I really do. I think I think you're onto something, and I appreciate the call. I'll give you a little bit on that exact topic, uh, because yeah, that's something that you have seen when this offense is struggling a little bit. Um, and and again, I hate to keep mentioning the one name because eventually I'll stop saying it. But like, I do think that's a spot where you miss Tyree Kill a little bit when you just know, hey, he's going to win man matchups pretty much all the time. Not that the offense never struggled with Hill on the team; it certainly still had its its droughts. Uh, but I do think that there is something there. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was not a major part of this offense. I wonder what the Titans were doing to him that was so effective. And I also think that is why they went and got Kadarius Toney. Because if Kadarius Toney is going to be active, not just for this year, for years down the line, but he was involved a good amount tonight, I think that the Chiefs see him as a man-beater, among other things. But like I think that's something that he has a unique skill set to be able to do, which is, of course, uh, really beneficial if you can actually make that happen consistently. Uh, next up, we got Mike. Mike, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Mike? Hey, Josh. Um, I'd like to talk about Colin Sanders and the big guys down low that filled in for Frank Clark being missing and yeah. just stuffed up the front end there. I mean, other than the two runs by, you know, 22, they just pretty much handled business as the big, the big men down low. Yeah, 100%, Mike. No no doubt about it. Wire to wire. I mean, again, the couple issues early on, whatever Nick Bolton says about fatigue, knocking off the rust, after that, that interior stepped up in a huge way, especially late. Oh, especially with Frank Clark being out. They just, I mean, they, they manned up and just took business to him, and that was a great yeah. thing to see for once. 100%, Mike. I appreciate the call. Also, to call in Saunders' credit, we talk a lot about being able to get pressure, but then also can you finish the play and actually bring down the quarterback? Can you record the sack and move the ball down the other direction for that offense? Colin Saunders was there clutching it out towards the end. I, I had pretty much given up hope on, on Colin Saunders becoming a significant contributor to this defense. It, partially on the the injuries, partially on the development, harder to develop when you're not healthy, and whatever whatever has come together for 99, it, it has been a great year for him, um, and and maybe never more evidently than tonight. Both uh, just just a, a great performances from him, and the interior really again, especially after the the issues early on, they they really solved that puzzle in the second half. Um, we are back in a holding pattern. I've, I've got Lucas and, uh, and Titan Tim on the line. Is, tight, is that Titan Tim as in, like, Tennessee Titan Tim or, like, release the Kraken Titan Tim? Both of you, I really am compelled to hear what your, uh, what your case is going to be, but I don't want to hit the phones until we know because we're waiting, from, waiting for Chris Jones at the podium and then also Kelsey uh, from the locker room, Beard. Is that what you got? All right, cool. Um, we will see exactly... 
we'll see exactly uh, what order we get to all of those in and exactly how far down the line we get on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. I'm Josh Briscoe. That's Beards McFly. Dylan Michaels also doing the producing around the building. It's all brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. Uh, and uh, there are lots of ways to get in touch with the show as well. Of course, you can call in, but sometimes you see how this works where I'm in the air waiting to see if I'm going to the phones or going to the podium. You can also leave your comments across the Sports Radio 810 video feeds across the internet. That's the 810 Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We're in all those places. There are comment sections in all of them. Of course, you can tweet us as well. I'm at JB Briscoe. Beards is at Beards McFly. Of course, at Sports Radio 810 is uh, the station account and where the video feeds all come from. So lots of ways if you would like to uh, hop in the comment section. That way you can also uh, interact with each other and things you saw and liked and um, you know try to try to get the good takes to the top. Make sure Beard sees him over there on his master uh, screen that he's got, overseeing everything. Caden uh, on Twitch uh, says, can we start the conversation about Butker? He's clearly a better kicker when he's clean-shaven. Here's the thing, though. I think that he's, I think that he's handsomer with the beard. So is Travis Kel- Travis Kelsey's the inverse. Yes, the, we, this is science. I This is my theory. I claim it. It is mine. This is the Beards McFly Beards theory. Travis Kelsey is only good when he has a beard. When he's clean-shaven, he's not good. So therefore, Harrison Butker is the reverse of this. Handsomeness notwithstanding. Handsomeness notwithstanding, just skill on the field. The beard is whenever, a good play for whenever most guys. Travis Kelsey shaves, he sucks. Yeah. Where it become, immediately becomes worse than Noah Gray with stubble. That's this. That's how that all uh, how that all adjusts here. Well, anyway, it is a Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Beard talk from Beards McFly. And uh, football talk occasionally from me. We've got a strange pace to it all at the podium. You've got some, you're doing some gesturing beards. I would love nothing more to talk to my good friends uh, Lucas and Titan Tim. While also loving nothing more than hearing from Chris Jones at the podium. Uh, Chris Jones already has tweeted uh, at Shannon Sharp telling him to shut up, clown. That was well before. He he had time to do that before he got around to the podium. Shannon Sharp tweeted something about Chris Jones always being good for one dumb penalty. I'm guessing that was about the offsides. Did he have the neutral zone infraction? He didn't have any other penalties after that. I mean, like, yeah, you don't want to line up offsides, but I wasn't going to tweet about it or anything. I'm also not Shannon Sharp. That's how that works, I guess. I'm hearing rumbling through the glass beards. I just... I just all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the phones, and if I gotta cut anybody off, I apologize in advance. But uh, I'd rather hear from Lucas. Lucas, appreciate you waiting as we do our little dance here. What's on your mind, Lucas? Hey, man, I uh, I went to the game, and every time that Travis Kelsey come off on an offensive possession, he just went to the sideline and went down by himself hmm. every time, like three times in a row. And then when he come out to the offensive possession, he went out with a lineman. I I don't know if there's something going on or what. Hmm. But Interesting. He's seen tonight. Yeah. Uh, that's really interesting. Anything else, Lucas, just before I uh, let you go? No, that's it. Okay, that's, right. it's a really interesting ob- uh, observation. Appreciate that. Um, I would say we saw on TV, I guess you wouldn't have seen this if you were there in person. I mean, you would have seen the aftermath. Uh, but after the pick that was basically his fault, I think, is when he ripped off his helmet and basically underhand, like, bowled it and then screamed a word that was, I believe, four letters and not one that I'll be repeating on the radio tonight. It was poop. It, well, no, because we've repeated that on the radio, so it's already... You said you wouldn't repeat it. I said there's, I wouldn't repeat it. There's nothing holding me back. He took off his helmet and he threw it and he went, farts! 
Use your imagination. Uh, so I, just, I wonder, I, I, uh, he, he did talk in the locker room at least for a little bit, so I'm interested to hear if, if he breaks that down at all. That would be kind of interesting to, to hear from him on that front. Um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and, and go, to, uh, go back to the phones to Titan Tim. Appreciate you waiting on the phone, Tim. i got to figure out what this, uh, what this Titan's about tonight, though. It's Titans, Tim, man. I was at Arrowhead today. I'm a Titans fan, watching the game. Great game. Josh, I got to say, I heard you on Taco the Town. I loved you on that podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Love your show. Thanks for having me on. Well, Tim, I appreciate it and really appreciate being known for my food-based uh, guesting. That really is a, a, a quick uh, spot back to my heart. Uh, how did how did the, uh, the Arrowhead home crowd treat you? Hey, you know, really friendly. Loved it. Everybody, I had my Oilers jersey on today. Everybody Excellent. was really cool about that. I just got to say, though, you know, these Chiefs fans, these Chiefs fans pounding their chest about this game. Look, you beat a basically Division Two quarterback uh, <laughs> by three points, and you got three chances to get a two-point conversion with the best quarterback in the NFL. You shouldn't be too proud about this win, guys. <laughs> this is a shit win. Well, you can't say that, Tim. I'm sorry, I hung up. I hung up on Tim because you can't. S- we just did a whole bit about the four-letter words you can't say. Titan Tim was so cool about it until then, too. Well, anyway, it looks like Chris Jones will be approaching the podium in mere moments, Beards. Mere moments for Chris Jones. So we'll hear from 95 in the middle of this Chiefs defense here in just a second. Live from Arrowhead here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We expect to hear from Jones, and then we'll uh, we'll hear from Nicole Hardman, Judy Smith-Schuster, Justin Reed, Travis Kelsey, at least some combination of them in addition to Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes. Um, soon still. Soon. Okay, all right. Trusted Lebo's timing. Such is life. Uh, we'll hear from Chris Jones and then work through the rest of it all here. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us for what's going to be a late one here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest will also join us at some point uh, live from Arrowhead from those questionable couches up there in the press box. And we'll hear what he thought of the environment at Arrowhead and where they all went after that. Uh, so we are actually going to go ahead and call our audible now. We will take a timeout. We'll come back with Chris Jones, and uh, well, it, since we're here, should I go ahead and take Ed's call? Since we're gonna take a call and do a break, let's go ahead and do that. Ed, appreciate you uh, listening and calling in tonight. What's going on, man? Yeah, good to talk to you, Josh. I just had a couple quick questions. I don't think I heard you address this. Two two fourth down calls tonight. Uh, pretty questionable that worked in our favor. Uh, the main one I was concerned about. Did you think we should have went for it there uh, in overtime? And instead of just taking the three points with the way the Titans were playing on offense. Yeah, it was funny. I'm usually the guy that yells go for it, and Beards actually beat me to it at that at that moment uh, because I was kind of thinking along the lines of, look, uh, you, you hit the field goal here, and all you got to do is stop the Malik Willis offense one more time. I would not have been beside myself if the Chiefs had not gone for it there. Um, on the other side, though, if they go for it and don't get it and, get, and the Titans uh, get the ball back, the Chiefs, the game doesn't end in a tie by default, right? The Chiefs get the ball back again. So I thought it was a safe go for it situation there, but I would not have had my feelings hurt if they would have kicked it. Could have risked the tie, potentially, I guess, yep. if we don't get it. Which yep. I guess a tie is better than a loss. But, sure, uh, yeah. So would've, that would have been was, frustrating. Yes, yes. But uh, we'll take the win, I guess. It was, uh, i got to give credit to the bags and the defense. That was, they played pretty special tonight. I never played against the 
average quarterback at best. But yeah. I thought they did a hell of a job to hat tip to them. 100%. Uh, I just saw a tweet pop up here that the Titans were 1 for 11 on third down. Shout out to Charles Goldman on that. Um, I could have been playing quarterback. If I had Derrick Henry, you'd be impressed by that, I think. Yeah, I read another one that said, uh, sorry, I don't know if you can hear me good enough. Yeah, you're good. Uh, I've lost it now, but it was a, the defense playing press. I think, the, I think the Titans had seven yards in the second half in overtime. <laughs> yeah. I think that's right. I, I think there was a... Uh, a Sam McDowell tweet. Yeah, here it is. The Titans finished with 10 yards and one first down in their final 10 drives. That is, uh, Sam says, that is astounding. A couple questions I want you to concern later. I know you got a lot to do, and I'll uh, listen off the air. Uh, the running game. Yep. Giant problem for this team, I think. Um, special teams all year long has not been very good. There's a flag on every return. Uh, Beckers missed too many. Uh, punt returns been a disaster. I'm hoping Tony can make. I mean, that was a little better tonight, but yeah, a little concerned about special teams as well. With reasonable reason, I think Ed appreciate the call. Appreciate you listening. Um, because yeah, the the running game we'll we'll work through that more tonight, and I'll, I'll ask Matt Derrick about it as well. The running game, um, I am not like big picture concerned with on a regular basis. I, I would rather see the Chiefs throw the ball more often than not, but. Uh, Four carries for five yards from Clyde. Five for five from Pacheco. Three for four from Jarek McKinnon. And one for zero from Michael Burton is not the stat sheet you want. Clyde got that first down when it counted, though. I mean, he and did. And my God, were we all scared. Uh, yeah, I did not have Clyde as the fullback, as the, the, the fullback in an offset eye formation. I, I, I did not. I did not think that that was going to be what the Chiefs did on a must-have-it fourth downer, but that's where we end up. So uh, the Chiefs are nothing if not a roller coaster to watch from all angles. We will uh, take a quick break and come back with some audio from the locker room, from the podium. We'll talk to Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest and bring a lot more on a, a show that's going to take you well into the hours of the morning here. We'll go from Sunday to Monday all together here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Willis in the gun, takes the snap, back to pass. Willis looking with time, surveys the field, checking all options. Now the pressure comes, spins away from the first man, steps up, gets away from his second, gets away from a third. Finally sacked by Jones inside the 10. Loss of five, fourth down coming up. Fourth and 26 from the nine. Willis in the gun, three receivers right, single man left. Henry is in the game, a wing to the left. Willis back to pass, looks, throws right side, knocked away, incomplete. The ball game is over. The Kansas City Chiefs have won 20-17 in overtime. Lejarius Sneed knocked down the desperation pass, and the Chiefs have won. Tennessee's five-game winning streak is over. And the Chiefs reign victorious with a huge performance from their defense. And that right there, that sequence, those are our defensive plays of the game. Brought to you by Slagle Fence. When you need a fence, yeah, defense, call Slagle Fence. Slagle Fence installs it all from wood to ornamental steel to vinyl to chain link. No job is too large and it'll look great too. Schedule your free estimate by going to slagelfence.com. That's S-L-A-G-L-E fence.com. Or call 816-863-6159. Maybe you'll get as good of a defensive performance as the Chiefs did tonight. Nay, maybe even better. 
We'll hit the last couple of callers for the evening here on the phones. You can, of course, continue to watch, listen, and leave your comments across all the Sports Radio 810 video feeds. Appreciate everybody doing that right now tonight. Hi. Good to see you, or at least good for you to see us, I suppose. Beards, wave to the camera for yourself so they can see you and your beard back there making all the magic happen uh, as we hear from uh, Michael. Michael, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Michael? Yeah, I just want to make a comment about Justin Watson tonight. Please. You know, they uh, they went out and got Tony because Sky Moore was dropping punts, and Dave Tobe said all Watson to do is catch it, but he didn't do anything with it. <laughs> yep. He literally ran back, <laughs> caught it, took off, and made yardage. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> and, like, nobody said that on the broadcast at all, and I was crazy impressive. Yeah, yeah, he fielded it like a wide receiver, believe it or not, and then went up the field with it a little bit like a wide receiver. And hey, you know what? Uh, all that is for me, good enough. Good enough for me. Exactly. I was impressed. And you know what? I was nice to see McDuffie on the field. Yeah. And the Titans play a little chippy, shady football. Vrabel plays a little bit of it. Like, I think the call on holding with Wiley was simply coaching. Yeah. Like, we're going to do this. He's going to be right here. You're going to pull away. We're going to get a holding call. And McDuffie stood strong. Yes. That one dude on the, well, at the end of the game, the wide receiver, he totally just tried to get a call on McDuffie. Yep. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And I'm glad to see that we gave it to our first-round running back instead of our fullback when we need first down with one yard. <laughs> anyway, I'll let's stop there. Thank you. Uh, Michael, I appreciate it, man. That's uh, good stuff all the way. I, I agree with you across the board there, except for maybe that fourth down. I, that it just made me really nervous. They get, they tried the Burton dive first, and then it was, let's try the different thing, put McKinnon back there, bring Clyde, and it just made me nervous. I hate it. I'm glad it worked. I don't necessarily need to see it again, but maybe we will. Chiefs running game was, uh, like I said, a, a real roller coaster tonight, certainly. Uh, next up, we got Scott. Scott, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Scott? Hey, Josh, thanks for taking my call, man. Of course. Um, I got a, just a, two or three quick points here. First of all, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP, okay? Yeah. I'm sorry. There's there's none of these other guys, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, that have these flashes. They just don't make the plays and, and do it in crunch time as often as Patrick Mahomes does. So that debate, I get, it gets tired when you have the same guy year after year after year dominating uh, the discussion, but... He's the MVP. He, he's the most valuable player in the NFL. It, it's clear as day after watching a game like this tonight. Um, second point, I, I think where the Chiefs are missing a Tyree Kill, there was a play where Juju caught the ball, and he ran it up the seam and got tackled there at about the 30-yard line. And if you got Tyree Kill, I, I think he burns that safety right there. So now instead of needing mm. another 30 yards to get into the end zone, you're, you're already in the end zone, and when you have these long, drawn-out drives, 10, 11, 12 plays, it just increases the likelihood of a drop or a penalty or a negative play that, that puts you in, in, like, second or third and long, and you're punting and kicking field goals. Um, and the final point I will make about Butker, I'm not going to jump ship on him too soon. He's been really good for us, but... Is it just me, or does it seem like all of his kicks are super sketch? Like, they're going <laughs> to, like, a crazy angle, going side to side. They knuckle. I just, none of his kicks are that beautiful textbook end over end, just going right down the middle. But uh, I'm not going to jump ship on him too soon. 
he's come back. He missed some time with that injury, but yeah, I, the Chiefs are gonna, you know, they're gonna need him down the stretch to be better than he's been the last couple weeks. I'm with you, Scott, so much that I'd like you to stay on the line, please, because I'm going to make you our caller of the game, brought to you by our friends at Greengrass Cattle Company. Uh, that right there feels like the biggest honor I could possibly bestow. I will. I do want to come back to a couple of your points, though, so I, I will circle back. But first, got to tell you that if you are not our caller of the game and you do not want to live your life without having the delicious things that come from Greengrass Cattle Co., you don't have to just call in and be excellent on the phone. You can also head on out to their store in Weston, Missouri, off 45 Highway, less than a mile from their ranch or you can order online at greengrasscattleco.com and they'll deliver right to your door they're locally owned and operated in weston missouri they implement the best practices with their premium black angus cattle they provide the best feed clean water and low stress environment uh that to give the best uh, the best lives and the best quality beef in town so uh just incredible work there from greengrass cattle co in fact uh i uh, i've seen a little bit i got the uh, i got the director's cut currently i gotta i gotta check out still but there's going to be something coming out pretty soon uh, that will show you my experience out there at Greengrass that I think will make you, uh, I think will make you appreciate the great work they do and maybe appreciate me less as a just a capable person. I'm not sure. We'll 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 get there when we get there. But uh, appreciate Greengrass Cattle Co. very very much. Certainly have my concerns about Butker. It's one thing that has made me uh, appreciate um, Justin Tucker even more. He just hits the middle every time. If you put like the the third post in the middle of the uprights made that worth four points Justin Tucker would be like the greatest weapon in the history of football because he would just doink it off that middle post constantly and yeah Butker always kind of takes you on a little bit of an adventure I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on the injury front for now uh, because it would be very easy to see hey you know he's he's able to kick but he's not 100% where you'd like him to be that seems totally possible or he's just got kind of that short yardage wonkiness that we've seen from him in the past. Bears watching, I, I think not not going and having a full kicker tryout is, is probably reasonable, but also worth noting that could be an issue going forward. And then, yeah, I think that the uh, the slogan I'm going to say from uh, the, the idea of, of when you don't have the touchdown breakers, more plays, more problems. I mean that that was the whole ethos behind putting the the you know cover two shells on the Chiefs and trying to keep stuff in front of you even when Tyreek Hill was out there. Don't let them score in one seventy five yard play, and eventually maybe the greatest tight end of this era will have a pass go off his hand, off his face, and into the arms of a defender. Weird stuff happens when you make more plays happen, and I, I think that philosophy against the Chiefs' offense makes a lot of sense. Uh, are we going to hear from Chris Jones here, Beards? Let's do that. Uh, number 95 in the middle of the Chiefs defense. Had a big game tonight. You heard him in the uh, return from break make a big, big, big play late in this game as the Chiefs defense really held their own. Here's Chris Jones. How you guys doing? Chris, the second half, you guys really turned it over a new leaf and only give up one first down. What was the adjustment there at halftime that allowed you guys to do that? I think first half, initially we gave up, I think, three big runs. First one on the first drive, the 54-yarder, and a few leaky yardage. Missed tackles on the screen, and that kind of was a build-up. When the second half, talked about correcting ourselves. Um, we had them stop in the end zone. I was offside, unfortunately. I, I challenged that call, but, you know, 
but yeah, we have to make an adjustment, stop shooting ourselves in the foot, and um, just play fundamental football. Chris, in overtime, you and, and Carlos with the, that third down sack, what's going through your mind once you guys are able to get home? I was thinking it was a full set for me. I'm not greedy or anything. I'm just saying I was thinking it was a full set, but no. Carlos is, um, I think it's 99 and a half, right? Yeah, that's special. I don't, <laughs> they just don't give sacks out around here. You know, you know what I mean? Um, but no, that's special, man. Um, guys play a long time in this league and never achieved that type of accomplishment. So kudos to him. He need a half a sack and it took him eight games so I can understand how challenging that is for him what's going through his head but I'm proud of him on that aspect but um, main focus was getting these guys in passing situations getting them to throw the ball play to our strengths as a defense and uh, once we were able to do that we were able to get after the quarterback a little Chris you've seen Patrick help you guys to engage in a lot of ways of course, I'm all eyes on Pat. Um, he threw for 450 plus yards, you know, and that's special itself. And um, at, at that moment in time, we actually needed something big to happen. The offense, uh, it was up and down flow, uh, a lot of adversity. Um, I think by making that run, he actually gave them that boost that they needed, and we was able to punch it in. Uh, I miss my guy. Uh, can't wait till my guy come back. He's going to be allowed back in the facility next week. But um, we had a lot of young guys to step up. Malik Herring, um, George Carloftis, and Carlos. We got him on the snap count, but he, we was able to extend him a little bit in critical situations. Colin Sanders made a lot of big plays tonight. So we got, we got a lot of depth in the room, a lot of young guys in the room who um, – Coach Cutler asked a lot to step up from, and uh, I'm proud of those guys. Chris, I'm sure you'd rather win games by Peter Morgan, but what's it do for you guys to make a habit of winning games? This is a, um, <clears throat> I explained, this is a playoff type of atmosphere game right here. We probably see this team somewhere in January, February, depending on how how this thing goes, uh, and that's what it's like. That's what a play playoff atmosphere game is like. It's going to be close. It's going to be situations where you're, you're, you're challenging, you're battling each other, and you got to overcome whatever type of situation you're going through. And um, this was a good team tonight. They came in, Derek Henry ran for 130-plus yards. You know, we never want to give up that much, but we expect it. But we was able to come together when needed and uh, finish the game. Chris, how, how prepared were you for the, the kid at quarterback? What you guys prepare like, and were you surprised that he was the guy who got the start? No, we wasn't surprised. Uh, I talked to Jeff Simmons earlier during the week, and um, we knew, you know, you got to pick the brain. Uh, we knew that um, he was going to play. Um, Tannehill was in a boot, so we prepared for him well. Um, I don't think we gave up that many rushing yards against him. And uh, second half, I just, I just seen we, twenty-seven plays, seven yards. So uh, kudos to the defense. We played. Played a hell of a game. Second half, I'll say. First half, we kind of gave us some leaky yardage. But a, a heck of a team win. Thank you, guys. A team win and Chris Jones being the uh, the real face of this defense. Some interesting things there as we continue our locker room report right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Our locker room report, Beards. Our locker room, hey, Beards, our locker room report presented by Twin Peaks. 
The Chiefs Locker Room Report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. No one does football like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, they have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top-shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about their 29-degree man-sized drafts at Twin Peaks. Uh, Interesting to hear Chris Jones talk about, hey, the goal was to get these guys in passing situations. Obviously, I guess, but you hear that. he also mentioned that he was talking to Jeffrey Simmons earlier in the week. Had to pick their brain, pick his brain about what they were going to try to do, about who the quarterback was going to be, maybe. Jeff Simmons was the one who um, talked about dominating the Chiefs' offensive line. And frankly, I, that all aged pretty well. The, the Titans' defensive line acquitted themselves pretty strongly in this game overall. Um, it, Chiefs' offense was able to get just enough done despite all of that, but sometimes that's sort of the story of it, is getting just enough done, and the Chiefs were actually able to do that. Uh, It just wasn't always pretty, but it was ultimately a victory. The Chiefs victorious 20-17. This is the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. Uh, brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. Let's continue reporting from the locker room. Todd Lebo and the others in the locker room had a chance to catch up with Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. Um, the, deep, the deep cross where Pat kind of got caught up in the pocket. Yeah. Just trying to make a play with the balls in the air. I mean, it's as simple as I can put it. Um, what were you thinking when you came back that ball? Man, I, uh, I was thinking, man, I, I, needed, I needed to make the play for Big Red, man. That, guy, that guy's been dialing me up. I ain't made a play all day, man. I got to figure it out. How much do you just rely on your relationship with Patrick in a moment like that? It's just, there's a lot of trust, you know? There's a lot of trust between all the receivers and, and Patrick, and that's the, that's the best part about it is that when you see guys emerge like, uh, like A3 in the, at the end of the game, they're coming up huge with a big play down the, down the field over the middle. Um, you know that's what that's what you you know you you put your heart out there on the field and you're very prideful of how you play. But it's the it's the work ethic throughout the week that that helps make you or get you ready to make those kind of plays. And um, just happy for you know the team when we do. This was a hard hitting game. You get looked a little beat up, a little salty in the first half. Football, couple man. scrapping. That's what it's, it is. It's football, baby. How would you describe this rivalry you guys have with them? Uh, pretty hard fought games most of the time. Yeah, I mean we respect the hell out of the Titans. Uh, we know they're, they're they have that bully mentality. They were talking about how they didn't really respect our, uh, our offense or our team in general going into it. So we knew we had to, you know, we know we had to bring the physicality and play a full four full four quarter game and. Sure enough, it even went further than four quarters tonight. So, Travis, a win is a win, but is there any more satisfying the way you guys had to come through at the end to win a game than, than it is maybe like the way you won in San Francisco with, by three touchdowns, if that makes um, any sense? I think we can get excited over any win that we get here in the National Football League, and I've been here for a while, and I've, I've had some wild ones, man, and this one right now feels, uh, feels pretty damn good because of the team that we have, the makeup that we have, and, you know, how we had to step up. You guys ask a lot of Pat every week, but 70 passes, he's never had to do that in a game. Are you at all surprised at how he responded to that kind of burden? Now we know if we need him to throw 70 passes, we can get it done. How about um, the defense in the second half? I think they only allowed one first down in the second half and overtime. You can't say enough about how the defense played. Um, That's uh, the number one running back in the league, man. It's absolute beast for a reason. And uh, you know he got he got off early a little bit, but then we uh, we refocused and and uh, they were pretty much lights out from that point on, and uh, that helped us actually win this game, man. Kept us in it. 
the defense really was stupendous. That's Travis Kelsey there from the locker room. Uh, Kadarius Tony seems in on the uh, on the action. He's just tweeted Dub City and then a bunch of uh, red and yellow heart emojis. I like those updates on the. T- I don't know if anyone else cares about this, but it's kind of fun to see the players um, that are just sort of you know getting getting back to either their corner of the locker room or whenever they get home later in the night or wherever they're staying, you know, get the uh, get the little post-game action where, again, Chris Jones is is defending his honor ahead of time. The NFL, Kadarius Tony also uh, quote-tweeting his own NFL clips about his first debut as a Chief. I, I would be surprised by anything else, but it's kind of nice to see the new guy be excited about being the new guy. He didn't get a ton of work tonight, but he was out there a little more than I expected him to uh, and, and looked pretty good doing it. Just a little, a little vibe check update there on the new speedster that the Chiefs added. I bet we see him get more involved in the offense over the rest of the year. I, I'm, I'm buying a little bit of that hype. I think they, they, they see there's something special there physically. Maybe he'll be on the, um, I don't know what's the what's the word beards for the the sped up course if you're on like a the fast track. The yeah, fast track would do it. And Canaries, I spent plenty of time on a fast track. But like like in a um, like in a college course, you can you can basically. Do like an intensive, I think is maybe oh, the word I was go. looking for. I'm not sure. Um, none of those words felt like the one I was really looking for, so maybe there's some other secret third word out there. But the fast track, the intensive study, um, whatever it may be to get uh, Kadarius Tony in, in more of the offense quicker, I, I think we might see the Chiefs working to that. And I think it would make sense because his, his speed and quickness are special. No further effort needed to get Juju Smith-Schuster involved in the Chiefs' offense. He is pretty rapidly becoming uh, the Chiefs' offense. Of course, not quite to the extent of Travis Kelsey, but both Kelsey and Juju go 10 receptions tonight in the 68 passes that Patrick Mahomes threw. 43 of them completed, uh, but but Kelsey goes 10 for 106, another 100-yard game for him. Juju goes 10 for 88. Here's what Juju Smith-Schuster had to say whenever he spoke uh, at his locker, in the locker room after the game. I would say that you know, in the second half, you know, him using his footwork and you know, putting points on the board. You knew this was going to be a tough physical game. I mean, oh, yeah. they, how much difficulty were they giving you early on and then throughout the second half? And how were you guys able to adjust in that, that last two, two You know, we came out, you know, trying to get the run game going. Uh, kind of started off slow. And, you know, like I said, we hurt ourselves, you know, with penalties and stuff like that. You know, we, we had the drives, but, you know, missed field goals. Didn't get points on the board. But at the end of the day, you know, our defense came up big. We came out second half. Uh, and just made our plays. You led our receivers tonight, uh, 80 yards. Um, talk about what, what went in for you tonight. I will lie to y'all, man. Moments like this, I embrace it. I love it. You know, I don't back down from, none, from nothing. Um, this is this what separates the good and great, and that's 100%. And, I, and I'll tell everybody knows that. You get you ask all, all the people, all the players, you know, who get in this situation. Um, and, you know, I've been in a situation multiple times, so there's nothing new to me. Uh, Got to stay composed. Got to keep level-headed and just play ball, man, at the end of the day. Just trust one another individually, and you just go out there and play. Is it tough to gain separation out there? Just talk about that shot. No, no, the separation wasn't – I think, honestly, it was just our old line you know, getting the job done in the trenches. You know, we know that they're a physical team, um, hard to get. Um, but at the end of the day, for us, it's all about, you know, just playing in space, and that's kind of what we were doing. Couple guys, is a game like this is rewarding? You guys played great at San Francisco. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you talk about a great team, you know, a team that went on a five-game win streak. You know, we're coming off our bye week. Uh, it's it's kind of huge, you know. Uh, you know, after seeing the Jets beat the Bills, you know, kind of puts us in first place, and we just got to just keep going. 
There's Juju Smith-Schuster from the locker room. And let's go ahead and take a brief timeout on our side. Nope, no beard. You want to go? Okay, never mind. But let's keep going. Let's keep churning. Let's give me some more audio. We got McCole Hardman. You want to go McCole Hardman? We haven't heard that give much from the second, offense. Get ready. Uh, outside of Juju and Kelsey, we'll hear from Reed Mahomes shortly. Uh, we got Justin Reed and McCole Hardman. I'd like to hear from McCole Hardman. Uh, he, he really has been a big part of this offense. He, he scored one of the touchdowns today, obviously. the uh, Mahomes threw 68 passes and threw one touchdown. Just ludicrous. Uh, Mahomes, or, uh, uh, Hardman caught that one. It was a, you know, it was a McCole Hardman touchdown, I guess you can call it. But uh, continues to be a, a bigger part of the offense in sort of this gadgety role. Um, we should we should play the uh, the Hardman touchdown soon too, Beards, whenever we come back shortly, because it's just going to be funny to think of that being the one touchdown that Mahomes threw in this game. Um, that just kind of hit me. It's just just sort of funny. But uh, he had he also had a, a bad drop that could have gone back to being one of the places where this game fell apart for the Chiefs. But ultimately, um, Hardman has had now one great game against the Niners, and then now one good game as he continues to get a, a pretty large role as a versatile part of this offense, both as a pass catcher and a runner. Here's Michael Hardman. Um, just uh, right play calling. Getting to the, uh, the players that, you know, they can make plays. Uh, I think Pat did a good job uh, laying the stretch, using his legs a little bit, um, getting first downs, um, extending plays. Um, so, um, but, yeah, we just, you know, just had to uh, call the right play, the execute right, and that's kind of what we did to, you know, get down the field. What is it about this team that you guys are patient enough, you can go the whole night, not have plays, and then get to the fourth quarter and still get it done? Uh, just a testament kind of players we got, man. We got we got a lot of uh, talent on this team, a lot of players that can uh, make the play when the um, – when the ball come to them. So, um, yeah, Juju had a, a, some nice catch at the end. Noah had a, a hell of a catch at the end. Um, just guys like that that's making plays, and that's why, you know, when they get later to the stretch, we can count on all those guys. How about the defense there in the second half? Oh, uh, man. Give up one first down, I think, in the second half in overtime. Man, they played absolutely wonderful, bro. Like, I mean, the best they can play. Um, we leaned on them in that game for sure. I uh, wish we could got them some more points, but they definitely played their ass off, and, you know, hats to them, and um, definitely they can build off this kind of game uh, and go into next week. Nicole, what was your view of Patrick's run uh, <laughs> to set up the touchdown to the touchdown for a two-point conversion? Can you take it through him and be able to do that? Yeah, Pat being Pat, man, like I said, he, he did a good job with his legs and uh, uh, extending plays and, you know, getting in his zone. So he did great. You know, he uh, he's Pat. Pat going to be Pat. And so um, definitely uh, was definitely counting him in those in those type of situations. What was the frustration for the offense there in the second half? <laughs> Just gonna get things going, man. We know we had plays out there we left out there, um, just mistakes that we made and stuff. We just gotta clean up on. But overall, we got to win, like I said. So you know, we just gotta go back to the film, learn from it, and be ready for next week. I don't know if everybody's what is it about the Titans that makes it tougher than usual? They're Smash Mouth, you know, Smash Mouth football team. You know, they're a very physical group of people. They they gonna come in, you know, they're not scared of nothing, you know. And um, once you got that kind of mentality, it's kind of be hard to begin the team that had that mentality. So we just had to, you know, step up to the plate and take on that challenge. You guys got the, the touchdown. You needed the two-point conversion. There were a couple of penalties going on there. What's that like when you're trying to get that done and the penalties are happening and you just got to – you got knocked down on the – that was one of the calls, right? He close on me, bro. Y'all see that? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm like, bro, we in wrestling? What are we doing? Uh, it was Trey's. I was gonna be wide open too. That's the Trey's thing, cause they messed up on the coverage. And um, I guess he just said, you know, know what? Not scoring today, you know. So, um, you know, I guess he just didn't see me coming um, on that play. But it was cool though. You guys went for a couple of fourth downs too. Uh, one at the end of the in, in regulation, and one there in, in, in overtime as well. What was the conversation when you guys were making the decision to go for those fourth downs? There was no conversation. It's just more what Pat and Coach Reed want to do. You know, that's kind of above me. So if they want to go for it, I'm all for it. If they want to kick it or punt it, I'm all for it too. So. 
That's probably the right attitude to have. McCole Hartman here on 810 uh, saying, yeah, you know, look, uh, I don't really, I don't, I'm not really in those fourth down conversations. They just tell me to go out there or not, and I'm going to do it. Whatever uh, reading, uh, reading Mahomes come up with uh, as the offense got things going there. Frustration early in the game, left some stuff out there, obviously. But ultimately, they, they get it together, and uh, the, the vibe sounded pretty good there in the Chiefs locker room. Like I said earlier, I'm going to kind of make this my my return to calibration sort of take for the night, I think, and probably throughout this week as well. The great, fun, dominant victories make you feel good about your team and where you stand and your your bets on them from before and earlier in the week, all of that. But more often than not, you're going to have games that come down to smaller margins, This is not a flattering, huge margin for victory win for the Chiefs, but they beat a pretty good team with a backup quarterback, and they did it because their quarterback is an alien sent from outer space to destroy football. Like that, and sometimes you just win games that you wouldn't have won if your quarterback was merely a human being. This is one of those games. Sometimes you can't really explain it. Josh Allen today for the Bills was a normal human being playing football, despite the fact that he has shown himself to be one of the aliens uh, in this sport over and over and over again. But he was downright human today. Bills lose to the Jets. Another team that is their record is one thing, my perception of them is another thing, and it's probably the truth is somewhere in between. Sometimes that's how it works. The Chiefs had 15 today. That's what they needed. They're victorious. 2017 in overtime because they had Patrick Mahomes. If they had merely today's Josh Allen or <laughs> certainly merely Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, this game is over sooner than it actually was. Instead, they win. Life goes on. That's what having the quarterback buys you. Uh, let's hear from the uh, one of the captains of the defense. Justin Reed was back there, able to see a lot of what Derrick Henry and the running game was bringing, what they were looking for from Malik Willis. Here is Justin Reed, presumably talking quite a bit about the Chiefs' defense's performance today, holding the Titans to 17 points. Great job in the second half, especially. What worked for you in the second half to make the adjustment from that first half? Yeah, very physical game. You know, we talked about the defense we wanted to be um, when we first went into training camp. In the first half, we were not that defense. Um, so we came together in halftime really dug our heels in, talked about coming together as a unit. Nobody needed to go out and play any hero ball. We just need to come out, take care of our 111th. Trust your teammates to take care of their job next to you and you do your job in front of you, and good things were going to happen. And we come out in the second half and played a dominant version of defense, allowed us to stay in the game. Um, offense made the plays they needed to make. Special teams really shifted momentum um, to really bring juice to the whole team. Um, bring it in overtime and give us a chance to win the game. We didn't There's so much discussion about Derrick Henry coming into this, and then he breaks off that big run, but then you hold him pretty much, you contained him. Like, how did you do it from a run defensive standpoint to make sure he stayed you know, contained for the most Yeah, um, I mean, give credit to the Tennessee Titans, man. They're a very good football team, very tough downhill run. Um, and what it comes down to, when you play them, you've got to match that intensity. You've got to match that physicality. Um, you can't sit on your heels and allow and absorb bodies. You've got to go out and throw the first punch at them. Uh, so we came out in the first half, in the, in the second half, and said that we we're going to do that. We we're going to attack. We we're going to wait. We we're going to trust our teammates to fit in their gaps. We we're going to fit in our gaps. Um, and then when you got a chance to make a tackle on the ball carrier, bring your shoulder pads behind you and go and make the play. Justin, how much did you prepare for Malik Willis, and how much did you prepare for Tannehill? Yeah, um, you know, Tennessee kept us on our toes. Uh, didn't know if we were going to get Tannehill and Malik Willis. We figured at the last moment that we were going to get a little bit more of Malik Willis. Um, the quarterback run game. 
presented to be a problem with us early in the game, but we came back and made adjustments at halftime um, to really handle that, to try and take his legs out of the game. Talented kid, came out and did a good job for him. Justin, did you get, I know you're doing other things while the offense is on the field, but did you get a good look at Patrick's uh, run on third and 17? Yeah, I did. I got a good look at that one. I got a good look at the touchdown one. That one looked pretty familiar, you know, from a couple of years ago. Uh, man, the guy just, it's, it's a gritty win all across the board. Not all wins are going to be pretty. Um, but credit to the resiliency that this football team has to just find a way, you know, whatever it takes. Everyone's bought in and willing to do whatever it takes to get the win. Um, and I, I do think that Justin Reed was there being very opaque about when they knew when it was going to be uh, Malik Willis. We heard earlier, I think it was Nick Bolton who said they knew a little bit ago, and then maybe it was Jones that said they knew on Thursday, basically. I'm having a hard time keeping all the pressers straight today because it's been one of those evenings so far. It's already Monday. It's been Monday for like 25 minutes. I just realized uh, that we have fully crossed in out of the weekend into the week. It's going to be a week of talking about a Chiefs victory and then looking ahead the Chiefs-Jags as the AFC South back-to-back matchups come for the Chiefs. A lot easier to move on to Jacksonville when you know that it's coming off a victory. 20-17 to is the win for the Chiefs. We will uh, hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We will hear from our friend Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest, who will be live from Arrowhead. We have a lot more to talk about and to break down as we go. We'll keep doing that on the other side of the break. Here it is, the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show, brought to you by CBD American Shaman. And when Kansas City scores, you score big at your local CBD American Shaman. Our team score is your percent off. They scored 20 points tonight, so you get 20% off all day tomorrow on orders of $100 or more at CBD American Shaman, because life is better with the feather. Holmes will line up in the shotgun. He's got two receivers to the left. Juju Smith-Schuster is in the slot. Two receivers right, Kelsey in the slot to that side. Here's the snap, Mahomes back, swings it out right side. Caught by McCole Hartman, steps around a defender, scampers into the end zone, touchdown Kansas City. McCole Hartman is fourth touchdown in the last two weeks, and it gives the Chiefs a 9-0 lead here in the second quarter. It's funny that in a game where Patrick Mahomes threw nearly 70 passes, that was his one and only touchdown pass. Crazy. And the uh, the sweet play of the game, because it was sweet. Both in the design and in the execution and in the points the Chiefs desperately needed. Our sweet play of the game is brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Stop by any KC location for Travis Kelsey's 87 and running concrete and help raise money for this worthy cause. 87 and running and Andy's Frozen Custard. The perfect option play for KC fans everywhere. We will uh, talk to Matt Derrick momentarily and uh, we will hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes even sooner uh, we will open up with uh, I believe we're good on the Andy Reid front I'm, we're all spinning a lot of plates sometimes sometimes you, you wish you had the real life timeout. you know call the 30 second and even just see if we can get on the headset and figure it out but I believe Beards that um, it looks like I've seen uh, I'm seeing Andy Reid um, chunks on my end so whenever it looks good on your side we can pivot over to that um, okay, well, we'll do that then uh, here just around the corner. And as always, our Andy Reid press conferences are brought to you by Robert Brogdon Buick GMC and Robert Brogdon's Olathe Kia.
Andy Reid is presented by Robert Brogdon Buick GMC and Robert Brogdon's Olathe Kia. Visit BrogdonAutomotive.com. We'll open with the open. Andy Reid giving some pretty good news on the injury front. The Chiefs won, and the injuries sustained in this day were not too bad. Okay. Um, we really don't have a lot of injuries to talk about. Uh, Deion Bush. Uh, tweaked his left knee a little bit, but not not too bad. And then Jalen Watson really just got face planted in uh, in the dirt and got dirt in his eye and eyes and that, but he, everything worked out okay. All in all, listen, we appreciate our fans and the great job they did uh, tonight. I mean, they were right with us the whole way. Appreciated uh, the way the defense played. Uh, we were we were bringing it, bringing it, bringing it, and uh, they tuned it up the whole second half. And I thought really did a nice job. And then offensively, the guys battled. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate to have Pat and, and Kels. And uh, that continuity between those two is something. I mean, it amazes me every time I have a chance to watch that. So, um, and then, listen, I, I can go back through. But the main thing was we won a game where we were behind a bit. It was a struggle. We were up and down. And the guys all hung together. And you got to win this. I mean, you got to be able to do this. And so um, we accomplished that. With that, time's yours. Kind of an interesting tone, an interesting way of saying it. You've got to be able to do this. You got to be able to win these games. They did. But you can also hear Andy Reid knows this was this was by no means a, a shining example of their best work. Just a game you got to have, and the Chiefs had it. Uh, in large part, thanks to Patrick Mahomes and the offense making all the plays they did later on in this game. Yeah, but that was a that was a good one. Um, and they turned their back on him. They were playing man coverage, and and so they turned their back, and he made some things happen. That and the two point play, I'd tell you, uh, were nice jobs. Um, a couple of the catches that Kels had. Uh, Noah had a couple of nice ones. That's a real understatement from Andy Reid post game. Every once in a while, you would just like you would you would think that someone had just told him about a game that had happened like ten years ago. Like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think that's you know just the general game day demeanor for Andy Reid. It's why when you see him go crazy at a ref against the Raiders, it really stands out. That's not usually his typical speed, uh, but just you know, yeah, those are a couple of nice plays. Sure, where about? Hey, it's kind of funny. Uh, next up here from Andy Reid again. You got to be able to make these games happen. So, what was needed to come out with a win? Yeah, because everything wasn't smooth, right? It was up and down, and so uh, you've got to kind of persevere through that, the lows, and then uh, somebody's got to step up and make a play. I mean, that's that's what has to happen. It did. There were guys stepping up and uh, games being turned on the plays that, again, mostly from Mahomes, but there were, there were a couple other guys that stepped up and made some big plays in those moments, and that was what was required. Um, what did Andrew have to say here about facing the Titans front and the issues they had struggling early on? Yeah, Sam, I thought in the past game we were pretty good. I mean, I thought I mean, we had 91 plays, and I think he threw at least half of that, right? So um, I thought for the most part, they did a good job. I, that that, de- that defensive front is something. That's a special group. Um, and Vrabel knows how to use them. I mean, you know, that's, a, that's a dream for a defensive coordinator when, you, when you've got a bunch like that. And really, they're too deep there. So 
you know, they can they can roll eight of them out there and keep them fresh. That that part is true. It it is a really good group, and they can stay fresh. It also became a. I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I would quite agree with that. It seemed like they were doing okay in past pro. Um, once Mahomes got on the move, he was able to buy some more of his own time, but that's a harder way to live. It's a harder way to make your money as a quarterback to be moving around like that all the time. But when you have Patrick Mahomes, it suddenly not, not all of that seems so difficult anymore. Again, I don't know that that's super sustainable that you want to have for, throughout your entire career, but when you got to pull it out into play or, or over the course of a game, Patrick Mahomes buys you some time by being Patrick Mahomes. Uh, what about the fourth down attempts the Chiefs went for here? They had some. Uh, they, they they took the field goal early on that very first drive. Those points. Then Harrison Butker uh, missed a couple of kicks, and then in, in overtime, especially going for that fourth down there was a pretty aggressive play. What was Andy Reid seeing on those fourth down tries? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a it was the right thing to do. I'm glad we made them. You know, those are always a little bit risky, but I thought it was important um, for a few reasons. But I mean. I thought we could get it, and then two. Um, you know, I remember the last time we played them. You know, or the yeah, last time we played them. Uh, yeah, I mean, try to end the game in your own hands if you can. In overtime, obviously, they still ended up kicking the field goal and having to settle for that because the drive stalled out. But ate a little more time off the clock. You knew that the the Chiefs' defense was holding up strongly there. I understood the decision to go for it, even though I was, admittedly, even as a go-for-it type of guy, uh, I was a little surprised the Chiefs were as aggressive there as they were. Um, As Andy Reid mentioned, a lot of pass attempts for Patrick Mahomes. 68, in fact. Here's what Reid had to say about the uh, high-passing day for Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, We weren't weren't getting too far with the run game. And uh, so... We thought we'd need to throw it a little bit, and um, I, I've seen him do that in college a few times. And did pretty good, but not not here. That's my favorite answer so far. Uh, weren't getting much out of the running game. Thought I'd pass it a little bit. They did pass it, in fact, a little bit. Uh, back to the defensive side, though, for the Chiefs. Uh, how did Andy Reid think the team fared against Derrick Henry? Yeah, really, with the exception of the two long runs, I, I thought they played well the whole time. I, I just, uh, yeah, he got us a couple of them. The guy's going to be a future Hall of Famer. I mean, he's going he's gonna to bust a couple and uh, on you. So uh, you just you want to make sure, number one, you chase him down, which we hadn't been able to do before. We, we, when he busted it, he took it all the way, and we were able to catch him. And... Uh, but really, with the exception of those two long ones, I mean, they didn't get a whole lot. Now, they've got a young quarterback that I think is going to be a real good one down the road. So, um, you know, but uh, he did some nice things, too. He can run likewise. I mean, he's right. With Derrick Henry, I mean, this is a funny way to do it. You say, oh, take away their longest runs, and what did they do? But with a 56-yarder being the long, I can't remember what the second longest run was. I'll have to double-check on that. But 115 yards on the ground on 17 carries, you'll, you'll take that if you could get seven yards per attempt. But in reality, the, the Chiefs were pretty good at corralling Henry outside of those two big runs. They were able to weather that storm in the, in the offense or in the defense you know, sort of stabilized from there, you'll, you'll take that performance from a defense against Derrick Henry. Uh, overall, it was a bit of an ugly win for the Chiefs, but this is what Andy Reid had to say about winning ugly. Yeah, you have to be able, you, you've got to be able to win a game like that. There, there's a, where everything it just isn't perfect. And, 
and your emotions are up and down, and uh, you got to fight through that, persevere through that, and be able to rally. Somebody's got to step up and rally. We were so close on so many plays, and and uh, rather than get frustrated, step up and let's go. Interesting to note, so close on so many plays, and he's right, winning games like this, we've talked about that plenty already tonight, I don't need to belabor that point, but um, so close on so many plays is a really depressing thing to say after a loss, and a kind of encouraging thing to say after a win. Just interesting how that all plays out there. Um, on the other side, Mike Vrabel seemed to do a really good job getting his guys ready to go. Uh, Andy Rube is asked about the opposing head coach. Yeah, no, that's right. He, um, he and I have been on a couple committees together, and so I've got to know him, and I appreciate him, and uh, played against him you know, with some of the teams I was coaching, and um, and he's got tough guys. He, he and he's some of his toughness has obviously uh, been been put into his scheme, been put in uh, incorporated with uh, you know into his players. So I mean, it's um, I, I just I, I think he does a heck of a job. Good football coach. Good football coach, Mike Vrabel, uh, according to Andy Reid. Interesting, kind of the idea of getting his toughness into the scheme. I wonder what that means in a more um, specific sense. I'd like to hear Andy Reid talk more about how head coaches can get their personalities into their team and and maybe vice versa. I don't know. By threatening to cut their wiener off. Well, that's, you know, Vrabel. But then not following through with it. Well, so here's the thing. Vrabel said he would do that for a Super Bowl. And they haven't been to a Super Bowl since then. It's because he said he wasn't going to do it. It wasn't, I'm going to do it after we win a Super Bowl. It was, I'm going to do it and for winning a Super Bowl. I believe the context was, I would do this to guarantee a Super Bowl. And he didn't do it, and they haven't got a Super Bowl. So that's the thing. Like, if he did do it, sort of like a genie in the lamp at that point. You know, your three wishes then all of a sudden right there for you. Would you nine one three three eight ten eight ten? Would you cut off? You know, actually, one more clip here from Andy Reid. Uh, he was asked about uh, the uh, the sort of strange debut for the Chiefs out of the bye week this time. Were they a little bit off? Were they a little bit flat coming out of the bye? And, and what did Reid attribute that to? Yeah, and I felt like at the beginning we were kind of everybody was off just a little bit. I mean, coming off a bye against a team that's won five straight games in a row. I don't really care who's playing quarterback. They just beat a team with the same quarterback. So I mean, it, it's a uh, uh, you got to be sharp. I mean, they're coming in with a whole lot of emotion and and uh, confidence, and so you know you get back in and you got to battle through some things like that. They did need to do that, and they did make it happen. Twenty to seventeen, the final score, and Chiefs head coach Andy Reid's press conference in the books. We'll take a quick timeout here on the Sports Radio eight ten WHB post game show. It's all brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. I'm Josh Briscoe with Beards McFly on the other side of the glass. We'll take a quick timeout and come back and hear from Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes about a game where ultimately that landed on his shoulders and he carried it into the end zone on more than one occasion especially when you account for the uh, the two-point conversion. That was an octopus for, for Patrick Mahomes, right? The octopus, when one player accounts for all eight points. I got my math right on that one, don't I? After about 15 penalties, that gave him about 18 chances, yeah. Yeah, it was an untraditional octopus, I suppose, because it did take three two-point attempts. It felt like the refs were the octopus tonight, throwing all those flags. I'm surprised they only did that with two arms. Did I say that on there? We'll hear from Mahomes next.
So from the one now, another try for two. Single receiver left, two receivers right. Mahomes in the gun, McKinnon to his right. Hardman in motion from the right, here's the snap. Mahomes back to pass, looking, moving left. Mahomes gonna try to run again, he's in! Two-point conversion to tie the game! Patrick Mahomes racing out to the left, converts, and we're knotted up. 17 apiece with 2.56 to go. That play was absolutely vital, obviously. Not even sure the Chiefs would have had time to get the ball back if they would have been on the hunt for uh, a few more points if they had not converted that. So that becomes our play of the game brought to you by Central Bank. Visit them online at centralbank.net. Um, got a little stressy along that drive when the Chiefs had absolutely no sense of urgency whatsoever and just sort of seemed like they were either going to score eight points on that drive or lose the game. They did score their eight points. They did make it to overtime. They did uh, get the field goal in overtime, and that ended up being enough because the defense really, for lack of a better word or a better phrase, defense really tightened up in the back half of this game, holding Tennessee to 17 total points. They were all unanswered. They were all right in the middle of the game in the second and third quarters, but it was ultimately enough, and the Chiefs' offense pulled it together in large part thanks to one Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we will hear from Patrick Mahomes right after this. Patrick Mahomes Press Conference, brought to you by Xfinity. Xfinity Internet. Stay connected with Wi-Fi coverage that delivers the speed, reliability, and coverage you need. Can your internet do that? Can your quarterback do this? I don't think most could. That was, of course, the performance from Mahomes tonight. Uh, he, he started here by being asked about what the Titans were showing him and how the team figured out some of the Titans' confusing looks. Yeah, I mean, they had good... Good plans. They uh, they did a good job on the touchdown run. I probably could have just thrown it to Juju, but I like fully committed to run at that point. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we were just battling at the end of the game. Um, we, we were just trying to find a way to win, and our defense kept us in the game long enough to do that. They did, and the offense again did find a way to win because the defense helped them keep their head above water. If this game would have been, you know, uh, undoing the undoing the math, seventeen down back to nine points, and say that's a 28 to 9 game in the fourth quarter. Who bleeping cares? It could have been nothing but Patrick Mahomes is running around out there. You just would have run out of time eventually. The math eventually stops. So a lot of credit being given to the defense, and rightfully so. Uh, here's Mahomes a, a little more on that third and 17 late first down run. I, I definitely saw Lane to get get it close enough that I thought we'd be able to go for it. I mean, when you're kind of in that situation, you know that if you can get it to a fourth and five, fourth and four, Coach Reed's probably going to give you a chance there. Um, and then as I was running, I felt the, I think it was a safety kind of over pursuing. So I just kind of shot, shot my shot and, uh, kind of went there and, uh, I actually tried to get outside again, which didn't work out for me. I'm not fast enough, but, uh, it was, um, it was a, it was a good play. And, uh, we just kind of, like I said, we just battled at the end of the day. It wasn't like we were, we were designing it up. We were just going out there and trying to make some stuff happen. Yeah, maybe maybe to get the first down. I mean, I don't run a lot, so some most times I run a slide, and then when you kind of get in those end-of-the-game situations, you have to try to just go out there and make it happen. Um, and uh, I was able to make it happen in that moment. Um, but uh, like I said, everybody battled, and uh, we were able to get the win. Got the win, got the first down. Interesting that he was saying, you know, at that point I thought I'll at least get close enough that we can get a chance to go for it. Um, at that point, I mean... 
they were going to have to. But to, to make it manageable is one thing. Um, to make it fourth and five, you know, would have been would have been good. But to ultimately convert and leave the Chiefs where he did there, just uh, just wild. Maybe maybe not a mandatory go situation, but it would have been would have been tough to take the ball out of Mahomes' hands, even with all the issues. But making that first down conversion in one swing certainly made it easier. Uh, also, overall, a big final uh, stat line for Travis Kelsey, but as we heard from him earlier on, he wasn't very happy with his day, certainly earlier on. Here's Patrick Mahomes on Travis Kelsey's performance. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really my fault. I threw it so late anyways, because if you're talking about the deep crosser one, uh, I was he's the first read. Um, but how they were playing, I thought they were going to kind of double him, so I looked the sky, and, and they, they went with sky, and so I threw it late, and uh, that's what makes Travis so great is I threw it late. He probably had a chance to get picked, but he came back to the ball and made a big-time catch. Um, and uh, for him to still be out there, it's like every single play and battling, um, uh, it was a, a big-time game for him, and he made a lot of big plays there at the end. He did a little more on there, specifically that he said that deep cross where Mahomes, where, where Mahomes starts a little bit, a little late, a little behind him. Kelsey goes and kind of jabs backwards for it. He explains why that happened, um, and, and gives you a little look at it from the quarterback's perspective. Uh, I want to hear more about his own performance from himself, though. Uh, Sixty-eight pass attempts. Uh, here's Mahomes talking about the very high usage rate his elbow got tonight. I did not know I, I threw that many, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, Texas Tech. I threw a couple, so uh, I, I knew. Uh, I'm able to do it. Obviously, we want to try to get the run game going as the season goes on and kind of stay more balanced, but that's a good defensive line, and they're, they're doing a good job of stopping that. And uh, Coach Reed kind of put it in my hands to go out there and try to make some stuff happen, and it looked, it looked bad there for about two and a half quarters, three quarters, but we were able to make it happen there at the end. It's funny to think about just because quarterbacks obviously aren't back there, you know, <laughs> getting updates on their box score necessarily. I mean, I'm sure when they're, you know, I know Carlos Dunlap knows how many sacks he's got because he's getting close to 100. He's at 99 and a half now, I think, is the final. I, I'm sure guys know, somebody might say, hey, you're at, you know, 95. We're going to try to get you 100 yards here like they did with Kelsey a, a couple weeks back. But to just kind of get to the podium and go, oh, bleep, I threw the ball how many times? 68. Would have been nice for him to have an excuse to maybe... Let it loose one more time. Would it have made remembering his stat line a lot easier? That's why it's not a perfect game, I guess. Uh, but yeah, he, he can do it. I would agree. Like You'd like the running game to be um, competent, certainly. But it was all in Mahomes' hands in this game. And ultimately, he was able to do just enough. Noah Gray also got involved in on the action. Here's Mahomes on Noah Gray's catch and his overall performance. Um... It's funny when I mean I think, I think I said it in the training camp. I, I feel like I don't target Noah enough because a lot of times plays are called either to him or he's one of the options I can give him a chance on, and it seems like I don't throw it to him and he's always open. Um, and so uh, as the season's going on, going on, and our careers go on, I want to give him more and more chances. Cause I think he can be a big part of this offense. Uh, that whole tight end room's been great for us this season. Um, but for him to make that catch in that moment, I mean, that was a that was a tough catch that that he made. Uh, that was that was a big one for us. That was probably the reason that we were able to get down there and win. That's kind of interesting. I I did think about that today on that double clutch kind of catch. You know what? It it really feels like Noah Gray might just sort of sort of bleep around and just be here for a decade and have a pretty nice little career uh, as the guy that is alongside Travis Kelsey maybe he can be a little bridged years down the line when when Kelsey you know is either trying to get a few a, a little bit fewer in, uh, snaps over the course of the year and then someday he will retire but I don't want to think about that right now because it doesn't have to be anytime soon like maybe I don't know 50 years 
Get a nice normal age to retire. Maybe he gets to retire in his late 70s. Not a moment sooner. But uh, an interesting note there on Noah Gray. What about Kadarius Toney, though? He made his debut and got involved in the offense early on. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he did a good job. I mean, obviously, we couldn't throw too much at him. Um, but whenever he was in the game, he was playing hard. He was getting open. Um, we gave him a couple option routes. He saw he got open there. And as he gets more and more accustomed with the offense, we'll keep adding them here and there and, and make our offense even better. And uh, that's the good thing about having so many receivers like we do is uh, you don't know where it's going to come from, and I've said that since the beginning. Um, and uh, when, when Travis is having good games and other guys are stepping up and making plays, it's a hard offense to stop. He's right. I mean, having that versatility and that diversity amongst the weapons is is huge. Um, I, I'm actually excited to see Tony get more work like as soon as possible. And this today just sort of sort of wet the whistle a little bit in terms of uh, being ready to see what number 19 can do with the ball in his hand. Overall, though, it was certainly a very physical game for the Chiefs and Titans both. Here's Mahomes on that word, the word physical, and and everything that uh, came together when these two teams met today. Yeah, it was a battle. Um, I already texted Bobby uh, through my trainer said, I'm not coming in tomorrow. So, uh, no, it's a, it's a battle. Um, you know, going into this game against this team, it's always going to be a battle. It's going to be a fight. Um, and I'm proud of the way our guys responded um, and uh, made it happen there in that second half because, uh, for a time, like I said, for a time there, it looked bad. And so uh, you got to win games different ways in this league. Um, and I'm glad our defense stepped up and made the plays that they play because we're going to need them uh, as the season goes on and, and to keep us in games and give us chances. Just rest up for a little bit. Bobby will be okay. You know, Bobby can come up with something else to do tomorrow. You just let's let's just let's just uh, survive in advance right now. That's got to be the the Patrick Mahomes experience with about seventy passes in his pocket from this game today. Just absolutely silly. If you think about like warm up, I don't know how many warm up passes he usually throws or what intensity, but but he might have legit put out a hundred pitches today. If you just think about the the work that Mahomes put in and certainly over 70 with the warm-ups and everything just uh, a crazy performance there and a tough game the Chiefs were able to win uh, Andy Reid already talked about this what's Mahomes have to say about the importance of winning tough games like this one yeah I mean the battle um these are the, t- the playoff games these are games you're going to need if you want to try to win a Super Bowl um and uh obviously we want to be that that high flying scoring every time we're out there on the field um, but I think with the schedule that we've played, we've won all different type of ways against a lot of great football teams. So uh, we show that we can do it in different ways. Um, but uh, we got to keep it going. We got to keep building, keep getting better offense, defense, special teams, uh, and try to prepare ourselves to go out there and win the AFC West. It's going to be games like this that you have to win to to keep your seating where it needs to be. You can't lose the games against the Colts very often. And uh, this one tonight certainly had that feeling for a while. And then at the end, they pulled it out. That's the difference between being a two-loss team and a one-loss team and a four-loss team. I mean, the, those those small moments of of everything turning on a pin, that's... That's the NFL, baby. It's a mess out here in the most fun way possible. One more from Mahomes on the rivalry the Chiefs have built with the Titans. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see this team a lot. I mean, they're well coached. Rabel's a, a heck of a coach. Um, they have a lot of great players, um, and they, they bring a uh, physicality to the game, and uh, we're not going to back down from anybody. And so I'm glad of the way our guys responded. Um, and we went out there and battled to the very end and got the win. There is Patrick Mahomes and his press conference today as uh, presumably he looks like a starting pitcher somewhere with his uh, arm just wrapped up in ice and an ace bandage uh, getting the swelling down there to keep the uh, keep the throwing arm nice and fresh. I imagine he looks like Roger Clemens right now. That's, I don't know why that's who I think of. 
There's somebody Ben Roethlisberger every like every Monday practice. I feel like late in his career had just a fully like uh, Terminator arm kind of going on just with ice packs. I don't know. Complete game certainly for Mahomes, the pitcher. Uh, not a fully complete game from the Chiefs as a team, but a victorious one nonetheless. Twenty to seventeen is the final score. We continue to talk about it whenever we come back with our friend Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. That'll be next in the Sports Radio eight ten WHB post game show presented by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. Offset eye, Burton the fullback. Mahomes under center takes the snap back, rolling to his right. He's looking to throw. Everybody is covered. Stops his feet, steps up, now throws down the middle. Pass is tipped and caught. It's caught inside the 25. Noah Gray made the catch. There is that play we were just talking about involving Chiefs tight end Noah Gray. One of only two tight ends active tonight, by the way. Jody Fortson was the Chiefs' only real sort of Injury scratch from the active roster. Blake Bell still remaining on IR. So it was just Travis Kelsey and Noah Gray on the return there at the tight end position. And uh, Noah Gray really helped cover some green grass for the Chiefs. That's right. Brought to you by Green Grass Cattle Company. Uh, they have their store in Weston, Missouri, off 45 Highway. you got to go visit that if you haven't yet. It's less than a mile from their ranch. Or you can order online at greengrasscattleco.com, and they'll deliver right to your door. They're locally owned and operated in Weston, Missouri. They implement the best practices with their premium black Angus cattle, providing the best feed, clean water, and a low-stress environment to make sure you have the best-tasting beef in town. They also deliver straight to your door. Again, Green Grass cattleco.com to place an order locally owned and operated check out Greengrass Cattle Company for all your premium steak, burger, brat, and hot dog needs. Uh, truly a, a great operation they've got there and an incredible product from Greengrass Cattle Co. You can of course also get an incredible product made with an impeccable process at ChiefsDigest.com That's where Matt Derrick posts his work You can check that out there again, ChiefsDigest.com at Matt Derrick on Twitter Matt, how are the illustrious press boxes of Arrowhead Stadium this fine evening? India as ever I mean, I'm here enjoying the penthouse suite I'm settling into my uh, lovely sofa position <laughs> and thinking, thinking to myself that I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing that I guess the the cattle company are not watching Chiefs games because if they have a no-stress environment, there's no <laughs> way that they're watching this team play football. I, I, I believe that the uh, the Hare family is watching the games. I believe the cattle are, are not allowed to be anywhere near a TV screen while, while Chiefs football is happening, specifically for that for that reason. Uh, walk me through a little bit of just what it's been like there at Arrowhead tonight. We talked to Lebo in the pregame. He said the, the energy level was low. There were some other some tweets I saw about it being kind of a strange vibe at Arrowhead, and then all of a sudden it turns into a very stressful uh, eight-point drive, sending into an overtime game. Walk, walk me through what you saw tonight. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was weird. I mean, I, I felt like it was probably a fairly normal Arrowhead experience early on. Um, but once the game uh, got started, it unfolded. I mean, I think it, it just had the, it definitely had the low-key energy just because it was a, a low-key kind of game. I mean, the Chiefs come out with that 15-play drive that into the field goal. I mean, that's that's a a pretty blase kind of opening drive. Yeah. Um, and and then you know the Titans come out and also they want to do is you know run the football and throw the football you know two yards downfield. 
Um, so that, that was kind of the entire first half. And and when the Chiefs were sitting down there at eight points, you know, early in the second half, I mean, I, I, I joked on Twitter, and it was true. I mean, this was a tomb. I mean, you could have done your homework here and gotten your taxes done. <laughs> I mean, it was a great place to do some meditation because it was dead quiet. Um, they would get up a little bit, you know, when the Chiefs were on defense, but it wasn't until really, you know, that, that last drive that, you know, Mahomes is, is, is twirling into the end zone that this crowd kind of came to life and it felt like that this was a, a, you know, a Chiefs Sunday night football game for real. I was going to ask you what your story of the game is, not necessarily in like what you're writing since, but just in the takeaway of the game. I, I think that one is almost such a clear uh, straight line, the draw, right, to Patrick Mahomes, that, that maybe I need to let you just wax eloquent about the quarterback, and then we can talk about the other takeaways. Because especially in that fourth quarter, this this was just a Mahomes game, right? Like and Maybe Mahomes and the defense. I'm not missing anything, am I? As our dear friend Therese Paler so eloquently put it, this was a over-my-dead-body game. Yep. Um, Mahomes just, you know, on that final drive, I mean, it, it, the, the whole game as it was was kind of the same way. But I think, you know, Mahomes also talked about it after, after the game. You, you know, when you throw the ball 68 times and you run 91 offensive plays, even, you even exhaust Andy Reid's play sheet. Yeah. And by the end, you know, it was, it was backyard football. I mean, the Chiefs were just trying to figure out a way to get it done. And how do you do that? You just put the ball in Mahomes' hands and, and let him do what he does. And that's what it was. I mean, you know, certainly there was a, a structure to it and everything. And I'm sure they were calling actual plays. It wasn't true backyard football. But, I mean, there was no doubt. I mean, late in this game, it was simply snap the ball to Mahomes and see what happens. And you know that most of them, in those cases, it's going to work out for the Chiefs. doesn't always, but this case was one of the most of the times when it does work out. So did you learn anything about this team here, noting that, like, you know, you knew that Patrick Mahomes could do some of that stuff. So outside of Mahomes, was there was there a takeaway you liked? I mean, I still think, it, to me, this game is an, another example of, you know, this is why the Chiefs are the Chiefs. This is why they are a at minimum 12 and 5 football team that's going to win the AFC West every year that's going to have a chance to win the AFC every year that has a chance to win a Super Bowl every year because if you're a 9 and football team you lose this game. Yeah. That's just it. Yep. If you are if you are a championship team and you've got a Hall of Fame quarterback, you win this game. The Buffalo Bills, I mean, bless their hearts as good as they are, they lose this game because they lost this game, you know, in New York today. Mm-hmm. You know, the Chiefs, they win this. I mean, and, hey, it could have gone the other way. I mean, this could have been another Colts game. Right. That they let get away from them. But, you know, they, they persevered, and maybe on the road they do lose this one. But championship teams win when they have outs like this, where they get out-efforted, where – and that's where I, I, I could really say the only thing that the Titans did. I mean – uh, you say a little bit maybe the, the, the Titans' defensive line won their battle today, mm-hmm. but you look at this box score, I mean, you look at these numbers, and you look at that and you say to yourself, the Chiefs won this game by 21 points. Yeah, I don't know how this was an overtime game, other than the fact that you know the Titans made a few plays, the Chiefs didn't make a few plays, but in the end, you know, greatness and persistence won out, and that's what the Chiefs have. 
So what about the other side of the ball from where the, the, the greatness and persistence is evident in Patrick Mahomes? But defensively, I mean, Andy Reid said in his presser, and I, I meant to go check and see what, what Matthew could do if he took away Derrick Henry's two longest runs. Not that, like, look, the Chiefs couldn't take him away, so, I you know, grain of salt and whatnot. But it, it seemed like to me, in retrospect especially, Derrick Henry had a couple of huge hammer swings that, that felt like crushing blows for a second. And then after that, the Chiefs' defense was darn near flawless, I suppose. Uh, what did you make of, of the effort early and then what the Chiefs did to kind of right the ship defensively? Well, you know, and what, the, the Titans had 229 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. If you believe NFL's next-gen stats, they should have had 150 hmm. because Derrick Henry had, uh, you know, 69 yards over his expected carries in the first half just by virtue of those two runs alone. And, yeah, I mean, those two plays in and themselves, you've turned those around, and this game is exactly what the reverse of last year's game in Tennessee. Mm. The Chiefs won this one 27-3 without those two runs because the Titans couldn't get anything done. And you're right. I mean, it was – I don't know that the Chiefs actually changed a whole lot as far as scheme and game plan goes. I think they were doing the same things that they started with, but they played, I mean, much more, they played well-disciplined well football, certainly in the second half and in the first half. The first half, you saw a lot of over-pursuits. You saw some guys getting out of their lane. You, and you can't do that against the Titans. Because if you over-pursue against Derrick Henry, he's just going to blow over through you, and he's gone. And the Titans had, a, at least in the first half, had a pretty good game plan of trying to use some misdirection. And, and I thought in the first half, the Chiefs, definitely miss Frank Burke a little bit because mm-hmm. I think he's been playing really well against the run. Um, he's very pretty disciplined when setting the edge against the run too. And you saw some in the first half, some lapses in that when, you know, Willis was kind of able to get to the outside and make some things happen. And I thought the Titans were going to do a lot more of that because yeah, honestly, if they had just run nothing but zone reads and, and kick the ball out to Derrick Henry on the outside, I think they could have done more damage throughout the day, but there was nothing on the interior. There was no way that, that Malik Willis was going to be able to throw the football against this team. And I, the fact that the, that the Tennessee just continued to try to do both those things baffled me because they had so much success in the first half doing some other things, and then they just did not do it anymore. Uh, the the idea of, of having Malik Willis run the ball more, especially as he was slashing around the edges, I just... I, I thought I was seeing the future at one point when it seemed like, oh, God, this is how the Chiefs are going to lose this game. It's going to be Derrick Henry up the middle every now and again, and then Malik Willis running for 15 yards a clip around the around the edges. That was, It's a good call to make, like, hey, why, why do they stop? Because that, that was scaring me. Um, the, the two carries for Henry, by the way, the longs, 56 and 24, that's 80 total yards of his 115 carries, or 115 yards, it felt like 115 carries, 115 yards on 17 carries. So if you want to play that game, which, you know, that's a little bit of funny math, but it's it's 15 carries for 35 yards um, outside of the two ones that he broke. And those two runs, I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, next-gen stats will tell you that those two runs should have gone for 11 yards. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was no hole there. And the tackles were there, but the tackles weren't made. I mean, yeah. there was there were three really badly blown plays. There was that one, and then there was the opening, you know, screen play. Yep. Uh, those are the those those three plays were three of the worst defensive plays the Chiefs have had this season. 
I mean, not the three worst. There were some others that I was I was point to. I mean, like when you choose not to cover the tight end in, in Indianapolis. Um, but other than that, I mean, those were three of the top ten worst plays this defense has had. And if you stop those plays as they should have, I mean, those those plays should not have gone for the big chunks that they did. And if you do that, like I said, this is a twenty-seven to three game, and you know the Titans didn't have a single drive go longer than seven plays, and they only had one of those. Crazy. Every other drive went five plays or less. That's insane. Unreal. I mean, and and you know, I, I joke that you know you and I were going to be talking about how how could the Chiefs lose this game when you know they held the football for forty forty one minutes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, and we almost did, but yeah. I mean, the number you third downs, third downs. The Titans were what one of ten. I'm trying to find my number. I got him right in front of me. One of eleven. One of eleven. One of eleven. And the Chiefs were, I think, above fifty percent. Uh, yes. Eight, eight of nineteen, okay, and then yeah, two for two on fourth there. down for the Chiefs. Over, oh, over oh, one on fourth for the Titans. Obviously, that last one. One, one of eleven, and they had one first down in the second half. Unbelievable. I mean, that that should not. I mean, that's the only thing about this game that I point to and say that it's a worry because. As dominant as the defense was, and I have to say there's a little bit of an asterisk because it's not just that the Chiefs played stifling defense, but that the Tennessee offense was terrible tonight. Um, but you shouldn't go to overtime in a game like this that you dominate the way that you did. Yeah. Uh, so here's here's my one my one last thing for you, Matt. Uh, level of concern on the the Chiefs' running game as just uh, a, a an ongoing concern, I guess, to use the same word twice because it's after one a.m. and it feels like it's after two a.m. depending on where you're at on the whole daylight savings. So uh, the chief the Chiefs' uh, running game on a scale of one to ten, you are how concerned about as an overall unit? Scale of one to ten, um, I would say a seven. And definitely the arrow pointing in the wrong direction. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's. I, I've never been a tremendous fan of the running back by committee because mm. I think it's pretty clear that when you have a running back by committee, it means you don't have a running back. Mm. And Chiefs can really like to kind of fit into this category right now. I mean, I, 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 I like Isaiah Pacheco, and I think there's some you know, momentum there. and I see why the Chiefs like him. There's a lot to like, but clearly not there yet. And and the offensive line has been struggling. And I'm not. I don't know how much to take of it tonight because, you know, certainly, even after that first drive, I mean, the offensive line was was clearly already being beaten up. I mean, you have a 15 play drive, and Tennessee was coming at him. I mean, you know, Jeffrey Simmons for all the grief that he's going to take about giving the Chiefs some bulletin board material. Backed it up. Yep, sure did. I mean, I mean, he backed it up. That offensive line, that uh, the, the, the Titans rushed more than four all night long, and they consistently got pressure. And Simmons was definitely wreaking havoc on the inside. I mean, there's more than a few times that he had Trey Smith backing up, and not many guys around the league do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, there's some concern there that you know it's just not clicking in the run game, and and some of that's going to be offensive line related. Some of it's going to be, I think, on the running backs. Maybe a little bit of his is game planning because I also saw some 
designed runs tonight that I wasn't real crazy about, and then yeah. you kind of saw them over and over again. Yep. Um, I, I I think it is at this point it's everything. They have the Chiefs have to consider that it's just a little bit of everything that they need to to change up the game plans a little bit. The offensive line obviously needs to dial it up, but they need to find out who is their most effective running back and make that guy the guy because I don't think this running back committee is working right now. Yeah, I think there are probably a lot of spots on that where uh, we will be talking probably Friday on the zone and, and probably even a little bit Sunday after the game next week. That'll be a nooner, though, so we'll get to have a nice conversation at like 4 p.m. or something. Think about how nice that's going to be. The sun might still be out. That's well, impressive. impressive. Post post uh, daylight savings, it might. I wonder if it will be. <laughs> that'll be that'll be it's the close. question next it's week. Close. Is is where in the sky will the sun be when we're talking about the uh, the, the after effects of Chiefs Jags? Uh, well, at least the sun will be up on Friday when you're in for the zone. So I look forward to that at the very least, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Even at one thirty in the morning, Josh, when I'm talking to you, I feel like the sun's up. Wow, that's beautiful. I wish I believed it. Thank you, Matt. Take care, guys. Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. If he's a liar, he's a very good one and a very kind one. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Derrick. Read his work again, ChiefsDigest.com. It's all brought to you here by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. I'm Joshua Briscoe with Beards McFly on the other side of the glass. We will take a quick timeout, come back, hear from Mike Vrabel, and then begin to put a little bit of a bow on this post-game show as the Chiefs are victorious 20-17. to Still a lot to dissect from this game. We'll do it all the week long here on your home for the NFL. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Trips left, single man right, shotgun snap to Mahomes, back to pass on third and seven, going deep down the left side. Justin Watson makes the catch, back shoulder throw. Watson brings it in at the Titans 20. Christian Fulton was in coverage. It's a gain of 27, and you can't do it any better than that. Well said. You really can't do it much better than that when you're throwing the ball to the back shoulder of Justin Watson. Some of, some of the fun noises you find yourself making whenever you are covering a Patrick Mahomes football game. Probably not quite as fun to be on the other side of the coin when you are the opposing team's head coach, like perhaps Mike Vrabel. We'll hear from him in just a moment because we always like to hear from the opposing coaches, especially in a game like this one where his quarterback was a point of concern, the Chiefs' defense was fabulous, and Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes things. The opposing pro- coach press conferences, of course, always brought to you by Metcalf Car Star. Brought to you by Metcalf Car Star. If your vehicle gets sacked on the road, take it to Metcalf Car Star, the collision repair experts. They make it convenient and easy to get back on the road. Go to carstar.com and search Metcalf Carstar. Carstar. Relax. They'll take it from here. Here's Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel from after the game at Arrowhead. Well, I mean, just very disappointing. You know what I mean? I feel terrible for the players that compete, put so much into this, and, and play through pain, through discomfort, you know, through any situation. I'm, I'm lucky that I get to coach them. Uh, they, they fight and... Uh, you know, we got to get back to work. We got to get healthy, and we got to get some rest, and you know, figure out a way to to beat Denver coming off another bye. You know what I mean? Defensively, I mean, was there much more that they could have done? I mean, I think we could have probably done a little bit more. Obviously, everybody could. But, you know, there's no moral victories. You know, we come on the road. You know, that's that's the thing I want to make sure. Like we we came over here to to, to win. That that's all we were thinking about doing. So. 
you know, I don't want to go down this road. Like, is there more we could done yet? There's more that I could do. There's more that the coaches could do, and the players and Ryan until had, we can win. Sorry, Ryan had any realistic chance coming in, or he was listed as questionable. Ryan didn't play in the game. There's so many guys, Paul, that bust their ass out there tonight that I would be more than happy to talk about. So if we could ask about the players that actually played in the game, that'd be a great place to start. How did you, you think Malik played? He seemed like he played well, well earlier. I mean, I, I tell you what, he threw some really nice deep balls. I mean, we went up and down with three of them that, that we got we to gotta make, you know. And then again, you know, we get, get into this drop back game, and you know, that's not where we want to play the game. But I know he made some you know, really nice balls that got up and down that hopefully we can – we could figure out a way to catch and, and come down with. You called the timeout before one of those deep ones. Did you think there may have been a call or anything? A call. About the pass interference call? No, I mean, again, penalties are the penalties. What they see is what they see. I don't know. Um, just, uh, we, we got to do a little bit more. I love the way that we fought, came back. It was a, probably the best second quarter that we've ever, we've had. In a long time, just all three phases really complimentary. Um, so there's a lot of things to build on. Would you expect yeah. defensively to make Patrick so uncomfortable with the game? Um, try to make him earn it, not let him throw the ball over our head. But you know, we got to try to get some more turnovers. We need some more turnovers, and you know, got to be able to affect the quarterback. And one way was making him earn it, and did that sometimes, and, and other times we didn't. What did you think of the whole uh, multiple two-point scenario situation? What did I think? I thought that, uh, you know, there were some penalties, and then, you know, he, he extended the play and, and, and was able to score. You know, so wherever they keep putting the ball, I've told our defense, and Shane and the coaches have all told them, wherever they put the ball down, we have to play defense, whether that's on the one, that's a fourth and a half a yard, whatever it may be. So, you know, we'll keep fighting um, and we'll get back to work. And that's what I love. I love the resiliency. I love our, our players. And we've asked them to, you know, try to upgrade our standards and how we prepare. We've asked them to, to understand that they got a power to choose how we respond. And, um, you know, that'll give us a good opportunity to do that this week. That holding call on Kalu, what else could he have done in that situation? I mean, the easy answer from not having seen it is not hold him, but he he wasn't alone, right? It was which one are you talking about? The I'm one talking on the, the the second two point conversion attempt that Kelsey ran into him towards him. Oh right, yeah, I don't. That they, they they've let Travis play like that. You know what I mean? So you know, flop and hope you get a call. I guess I. You're asking the wrong guy again. It's, Twitter handles at NFL officiating. They, they can answer any questions. I, I'm not going to be able to answer them. Mike, is there really anything that you can get more production out of the receivers? Figure that out tomorrow. Try to get to work on it and you know see ways to to create some plays down the field or you know, keep working at it. An interesting press conference from Mike Vrabel. See, sometimes you stick around all the way to the end of the show and you hear some interesting things from the opposing head coach. 
That's what happened there with uh, Mike Rabel, the Twitter handle at NFL officiating. If you like, they like, they let Travis play like that, you know, just flopping hope for a call. Famously, a fair evaluation of how Travis Kelsey gets defended for years, including in this game, just beaten with the helmets of opposing players. Might have gotten a call there. I don't know. I don't care for the insinuation that Patrick, that, that, that Travis Kelsey gets all the calls, though. You know what? Beards, kill the music. I want to do two more hours. Nah, never mind. It's okay. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. for The Zone. In the meantime, thanks for listening to the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Thanks to Dylan Michaels. Thanks to Beards McFly. I am Joshua Briscoe. We'll talk to you next week with Chiefs Jags. We'll talk to you Monday morning. That's this morning. We'll talk to you in a few hours on The Zone. Until then, bye, Mom.